Hey, what's up, guys? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by by me. This time, this 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 episode is brought to you by me. I'm gonna throw out throw out a little little uh, hype and, and get the the choo choo running. Um, my first ever collaboration beer was brewed last month with uh, Lake Zurich Brewing. Uh, my friend Jake Edwards up there, and they were awesome enough to do a collaboration. We did a triple berry milkshake. We called it Average Joe's Above Average Milkshake, and it's gonna hit stores this week. So I'm recording this right now on on Monday. Um, it's it's Monday, May the sixth, right now. So. So it's been canned up. It's supposed to be uh, labeled up here this week. So you're going to be able to find this beer in four-pack, 16-ounce cans. It's a beautiful purple label. It's got my Average Joe's logo on it, on the side of the can. Uh, Lake Zurich's awesome uh, like bear with antlers logo on the front. Average Joe's Above Average Milkshake, uh, the logo drawn by my friend Mario Gonzalez. Shout out to him. Awesome dude. He just doodled that for me one day when I told him I was going to try to start some sort of a podcast with beer. And I asked him to draw a really douchebag looking version of me with my pinky up in the air drinking a beer. And he nailed it in one shot. Um, so yeah, the beer's going to hit the market. You should be able to find it at, uh, the open bottle in Tinley at crafted 1979 in Mokina, uh, iron and glass over in Romeoville, uh, beer cellar, uh, in Glen Ellen, uh, my boy Dave Holly over there, and then uh, Joe's Beverage Warehouse in the finer Joliet area here. It used to be Cardinal Liquor. Amar uh, and the crew over there should should be carrying a good chunk of it. So, yeah, check it out, and thanks, everybody, for the support and uh, helping me kind of get this to happen. A big, big, big shout out to Lake Zurich for letting this happen. And then also remember uh, my friend Ian, Ian uh, is my agent, Ian McPartland. So Ian is my agent.com state farm. Uh, go to statefarm.com, find Ian. He'll uh, do a quote for you. If you get a quote, he'll give you, if you're not a, a state farm customer already and you just get a quote with him, you don't have to get insurance with him even, but he'll give you a, a gift card over to craft it. You can come see me and, and drink some beer with me. And don't forget about my friend Dean. Uh, Joe, go check him out. He's got a deluxe detail, so it's like D dash lux l u x D dash T A I L deluxe detail. It's my buddy Dean Hunter. I've known him for years and years and years, but he's been running this awesome kind of like home business. He's doing uh, car details, so he's out in the Shanahan area. But uh, drop your car off to this dude. I swear to God, he made my wife's car. The interior of it has been destroyed by our two children and the dog and her in general uh, and he basically it looks like it just came off the showroom floor uh it's you know we've had it for three plus years it's never been detailed on the interior and it looks amazing now so go check him out because i mean the weather's really nice you're gonna want the, the ride to look real nice so today um, i'm giving you the episode i recorded last week with um eric and dave over at riverlands brewing in st charles i'm I'm almost positive. I mean, it's hard to say this these sweeping these sweeping conclusions, but I think they might be my favorite brewery uh, on the newer side of things right now. They're just killing everything. They've got it all. They've got the stouts. They've got the the delicious hazies. They've got the uh, big fruited sours. But then they make these amazing pilsners and and classic styles as well. So really get out to that area in St. Charles. It's worth the ride out there. They're making some killer stuff, and they're just great guys. Great interview. And here they go. All right, now we're actually live. So let's talk. We just wasted all the good conversation sure. before the mics got turned on. But here we are. Um, I'm up in St. Charles. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and say where we're at? And well, we're like you said, we're in St. Charles. I'm Eric Bramwell. I'm one of the co-founders here, and I'm the head brewer. 
My name is Dave Mark. I'm also one of the co-founders, and I'm the assistant brewer. We actually didn't even say what brewery. I was about to say. I suppose (laughs) I should mention we are at Riverlands Brewing Company, the hottest new brewery (laughs) in the north suburbs. Now, this place is awesome. I was here for your soft opening, which was awesome. So shout out to Mike from Triptych to wandered into craft, and he was like, "Dude, you should go to this place. My buddies are opening this place, and I'm I know him from Benny's out in Champaign. Is that is that Jeremy?" That was me. Oh, that was you. Okay, so okay, you're the one down there. Okay, so he was like, "Yeah, you should come check it out." And we went, and we got our socks knocked off by some beers. And I thought, well, let's let you guys get on your feet, get going, and then we can maybe sit down and have a podcast. I mean, how how deep are you guys in now? Uh, like a month and a week. Oh my god, it's like nothing. So it's still pretty new. <laughs> it's like nothing. seems like a lot though. You guys look like you got it together though. You know, you, you, I've seen beer out oh, in the market now. Put on a good show anyway. I guess. Oh, there's kegs out there. I mean, like you guys. So usually, you know, the, usually the challenge is we don't have enough beer when you when you first open because you get that honeymoon period. Everybody's flocking to you, and then you run out of beer, and then you're like waiting. Now you guys seem to have this thing figured out already. You seem to have planned well for opening because you haven't had that drought yet. Right. We we saw enough breweries for that did happen too and that was kind of one of the first things that we decided like hey let's start as big as we can so we're not trying to constantly play catch up so uh so far it's worked yeah i mean this is like you said a month plus and i'm looking at what 15 beers on the menu right now yep so crazy it's very rare it feels like you're always struggling to maintain that like six to eight ratio Mm -hmm. you know six to eight beers uh and then it's always hard to do but i mean you guys are doing everything first of all which i liked you guys are not messing around like there's there's the new stuff that everybody mm-hmm. likes you got your big fruited sours things like that you got your hazies you got your dessert stouts um which the stout knocked knocked me off my feet that first the time. first catch of the day it's always like it's always a weird thing i mean we talked about it before we started rolling but like the new brewery it's sometimes especially with stouts you're like okay it's a good first try but you guys got some flavors on there that made people go, all right, Like this is not just a first try feel. This is kind of a, a real thing. Well, we we had in the, the year that we had this building to the time that we got open, we were just brewing our asses off probably like three times a month on our, our test system. So uh, we did a number of different stouts trying to get like the mostly the body dialed in and kind of the right ratio of like chocolatiness to roastiness and you know, making sure that it had that like chewy mouthfeel without feeling too thin. Cause that's, you know, that's definitely what people are after these days with the, the big stouts. Yeah. How much does that come from, from personal preference and how much does that come from like kind of watching the market? Uh, mostly personal preference. I mean, I, we, we brew what we like to drink and the whole reason we got into this is I love hazy IPAs. Like I'm not one of the kind of guys who like, Oh, we have to do this cause that's what people want. We love drinking them. We love brewing them. Same with the, the, you know, pastry stouts. We like drinking those stouts. So it was easy to, you know, yeah. want to brew those. No brainer. Right. It's nice to have plenty more to share too. A couple we used to split a couple bottles and it'd go real quick. Yeah. So yeah. Nice having a lot <laughs> 10 more barrels around. is a little, yeah. a little <laughs> a lot more different. fun this way. Right. It's way more fun. No, you guys have a good like diversified menu. I mean, I know we started with that stuff, but it's not, you know, you guys have other things. I think when I first, you said you did a pub ale. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Stark Mild was one of my favorites. Uh, we came on that Thursday. I think you did like your soft opening for like industry type yep. folks, and and there was you know the pub ale. Was there a red on as yeah, well? Yeah, Irish red. Um, the Kolsch, uh, or no, not a Kolsch. We had. Uh, we had the Pilsner on. What's the kayak? What's that's the Pilsner. That's, yeah, that's, the the Pilsner. Pilsner. that's what yeah. I was talking about. That's the one that brings John Bitterman in the door. Oh, that's yeah. the one you, you reel him <laughs> in with. You say, John, we have a Pilsner. And there he goes. 
don't know. You get super successful first few months based on, you know, or first month when I, based on just talking to people that are finally getting out here. I know a lot of people from farther away are, you know, hearing about it and coming out, you know, making the trip out here because like, okay, it's worth it, you know? So, I mean, has it been weird for you guys? I mean, uh, every, obviously you had yeah. confidence opening the place, but. Sure. But <clears throat> it's still, it's still pretty weird. Um, <laughs> like the kind of surreal moment for me was when someone created a, a thread about us on Beer Advocate. Yeah. And I, I like read that every day in the morning <laughs> when I wake up, I look on Beer Advocate, see what's going on. So to see our, our brewery have a thread there that we didn't create. You know, I think uh, opening weekend there was like a live time. Like, oh, the line's down right now. Uh, oh, it's going up to thirty people. Really Wait an hour. I still, I, I can't get used to seeing that. It's it crazy. Weird. So, if anybody super, wants super to cool. low key communicate with Eric, just drop him like a real hidden secret line in Bear Advocate on right. that thread. <laughs> just know that he's drinking his coffee, sitting there. Uh, right, I'm checking in the it morning, out. checking it out. Right. Put it. We need like a code word to put in there. Like, what's a good? Just put like the pride of the fox. Sure. <laughs> Hashtag pride of the fox. Just to, yeah, just put hashtag Pride of the Fox, and then he'll know that yep. you know that he's sitting there reading Beer Advocate. Um, so, that, you know, the, the early days are always fun, you know, trying to keep the lines filled and all that stuff. But uh, you guys have been managed to kind of get your beer out into the market in, in uh, draft style so far. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you guys don't have a candy line and stuff yet, uh, maybe stuff down the road. But when you guys are – how are you guys figuring out, like, getting your beer out into the market? Do you figure we want to spread the brand a little bit, so let's get it out there, or is it, you know – Usually so, people are, those so kegs are precious, you know, you, right. you want, you want to serve your tap room. So we, we wanted to make sure we had the tap room covered first. And then some of it was just a logistics thing where I don't think we ordered enough, uh, sixtals, you know, the five gallon kegs in the beginning. So we just had a pretty low number of those that we could get out. We just put an order in for another 20 of them that we, we got in. So that, that helped a lot. We were able to kind of expand our keg fleet a little bit. So from there, it just kind of became like a kind of pick a geographic area on the map and say, all right, where would we really like to get our beer into in that area? And that's kind of what we've we've done. So places where we know the guys or we think, you know, like they know they're going to push the product well, they're going to take care of the beer and keep clean draft lines and all that ah, stuff. So clean draft lines. Uh, so that's kind of how we've we've gone about that so far. Okay. Well, we looked out too. I think a lot of people reached out to us. So we didn't really have anyone dedicated to it, but we kind of all took turns talking to different accounts. And then finally it was like, well, this is we're like, we need to do this. Right. This what? is what we've gotten. And that's it just kind of organically happened from there. I and figured that when we did the, when you did the soft opening, cause mm. I was here with uh, Denver and, and then I saw like Dave Holly was here from the beer cellar. Yep. Like I knew when I was standing there people were tasting those beers and going, okay, like we need to figure out how eventually down the road, like when are they going to be available? When mm-hmm. can we, you know? So is that something that you guys anticipated right off the bat or were you kind of like, well, I mean, if they like it, they'll ask or. I, I, I think we were all kind of, very pleasantly surprised by the reception the beer got right off the bat. I, I knew, like, beer seller I knew uh, wanted to carry us right away. Just cause it's a bummer he couldn't be on the podcast, but our taproom manager, Jeremy, who the I've man. told you about, he knows everybody. Yeah, he does. It's, it's incredible. He's been in the business for a long time. Uh, you know, he was the taproom manager over at Plank Road in Elgin. So, you know, he's he was a very well-respected guy in the community. So I know there were a few places who said they immediately would take our beer just based on, you know, if Jeremy was on board, then they must be doing something right kind of thing. So, uh, but since then, um, you know, we've gotten a lot of interest from a lot of different places and I, I hope that continues. Yeah, it was cool seeing it. You know, we, we had two of them at Crafted. We had two of your New England's on uh just last week. And just to have people already come in and you can overhear people as they wait 
to order their drinks, you know, groups come in and when somebody says like, oh, they have Riverlands on, like that recognition, like in, in a place <laughs> in like Tinley or Orland Park, you know, like that area, it's not like it's super close to you guys. Right. I mean, it's obviously a suburb of the city, but but it's really cool to see people go, oh, they have a Riverlands on. Like, it's only been around for a month now and people are like, this is something that has been on my mind to try, you know, but I haven't been able to get out to St. Charles. So that was kind of a cool thing to watch, like how your brand's already grown a little bit. Well, we had last year to go to a bunch of festivals, and I think that's where it really started. Um, we definitely got really positive feedback. We hit every festival we possibly could, so we had about a year of a head start mm-hmm. in that regard, too. That definitely helped a lot, I would say. Yeah, we, we tried to find any fest since we didn't have our uh, – we had our federal license for a while, but, you know, it, you have to wait a lot longer to get the state and local license until you're basically almost ready to open. So any fest that would allow us to pour as homebrewers at, we kept our eyes out and, and hit – everyone we could find to try and get our beer yeah, out how there. do you how do you find those like how what's um a lot of me sending emails and bothering people about like, whether they let how do they do that like are these ones where it's like a mixed bag where like there's going to be some regular breweries and then we're also allowing home brewers like how do they figure yeah, that part man? of it might be up to the town too whether okay. they feel like kind of going through that extra hassle to get the the homebrew license and there were a couple actually that people who kind of followed along with us on facebook actually pointed us to be like hey they let homebrewers pour cool. and i'm like oh yeah. nice awesome all right let's get there so, you know, some people kind of helped us out, too. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, because that's something, too. That you, you already had a brand built. Like, before you guys opened, I had heard about your beers from a couple of people. I mean, it wasn't, like, widespread. You know, everybody sure. knows this Riverlands. But heard a bunch of, like, oh, these, these are pretty high-level beers um, at a homebrew level. So I just wondered, you know, that's that's got to be a good way to get it out then. If you're, you're just – it's got to be cool, too, if you're pouring next to other – established breweries and stuff too I mean, we were kind of in between or? yeah there was so home brewers right. and then just <clears throat> us and then the professional brewers uh-huh. right though the morton arboretum fest we were pouring next to little beaver that's true which <laughs> was really cool shout out to chad yeah Jake. that was that was a lot of fun so we like some we got to pour next to other people you know and like other actual professional breweries other ones we were kind of with the homebrew clubs which was really cool too because there's an awesome homebrew yeah. club community in the area so a lot of those guys cool turn people. into a Professional yep. brewers sometimes. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you see it everywhere. Guys from like Pale, by me, Pale, and uh, Joliet Brewers Guild. You see a lot of them have opened up opened up breweries in the last couple of years now. Uh, so when you're sitting at that level, uh, how long, you know, were you guys doing those festivals and stuff before you knew like a uh, professional thing might be a thing, you know? Well, so we, we started doing the festivals with that in mind well, as a already, way to start okay. getting, you know, our name out there a little bit just because... You know, I hadn't professionally brewed anywhere else. So, and like none of us were really, Jeremy wasn't on board yet. So none of like the other owners were really in the industry, except for you, Dave, you know, being at Binney's. But, yeah, I worked at retail level, so I but, a thing or two, but definitely not the, not the to production this. side. Right. So we're like, well, you know, who the hell are we? Like, how do we get our name out there and start getting people interested in us, yeah. you know, opening? So the festivals were the, definitely the, the best way to do that. Yeah, any way to put your beer in front of people and get some right. feedback, right? right. The feedback. Exactly. That would be huge. Sure. And getting people unbiased and seeing people check our beer in untapped where they don't know us. You know, they're not just a friend who's getting free beer who's going to be like, oh, yeah, man, this is fine. Dirty, you know? dirty, untapped. Yeah. yeah. I have a very love hate relationship yes. with that already. But it's basically, they should just call it, uh, you know, R&D or they call it uh, your Q&A. It's, a, it's right. always the only quality assurance that sure. you can really afford to do, basically, you know. Right. It's it seems to be a pretty most of the brewers are pretty open about it. like yeah I check it you know a lot yeah I every night uh-huh. basically I just I get curious and the, the exact reason you said you know there's a lot of 
like good feedback that you get from people on there about, you know, if something is really hitting the mark, you know, and you see enough people saying that same thing, like you have good mouthfeel or whatever over and over again, like, all right, good. I'm on the, the right track there. Or, um, you know, on the other side of things, if, if something isn't going well and if you've got, you know, enough people saying that, thankfully we haven't really experienced that yet, but this uh, beer I'm sure it will shit. happen at some <laughs> point. Right. Be like, this Oh, there's like dog shit. Right. You hear enough dog shit posts and you're people like, are this very beer might opinionated be dog shit. on the interweb. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, or I only can read emojis. So that's, you know, I don't know how to <laughs> do the rest of it. I just, I see fires or eggplants and then I'm like, yes. And then if I see something else then it's no good, that's it. <laughs> That's it. And I know people that are like, I don't drink anything uh, under a four, bro. Like, sure. That's how you're living your life now. Okay. Okay. That's quite a decision to make. <laughs> so you guys, had, like, what was your kind of path to there? I mean, you were homebrewing, Eric, like, you yeah. know, just for fun. Just like, yeah. What got you into it in the first <clears throat> place? Like, what made you start a batch of beer? Did so it be a Mr. Beer Kit story? It was a Mr. It was <laughs> yes. exactly that. My, yes, uh, so my popular. ex back in the... Uh, like 10 years ago or something, uh, got me a Mr. Beer kit for Christmas and I sat on it for a little while. And then finally one day I'm like, Oh, oh, sure. I'll brew a little beer. And it was just garbage. It was absolute garbage. (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then probably a few months went by where I was just doing Mr. Beer kits and was kind of like, you know, starting to like a little bit and starting to make some stuff that was actually drinkable. Then my brother who lives in Bolingbrook, his, uh, neighbor worked for Sam Adams and I guess they have a company policy where once a year, everyone in the company, I don't, I don't know like to what level, but most people in the company have to homebrew a batch because they want everyone who works for them to be familiar with the beer making mm-hmm. process, which is cool. But this guy had done it for, you know, decades. So he's like, I, I don't feel the need to brew this, this beer again. <laughs> and he asked my brother, do you know anyone who would want this, you know, bucket and carboy and grains and all that? And my brother said, yeah, sure. I, you know, he called me up asked me if I wanted it. I said, absolutely. So it kind of took me from the Mr. Beer little keg up to, you know, fermenting in a, a five gallon bucket. Dang. And then I was just hooked. I got absolutely hooked on doing it. Is that the ale pail? It was the, the ale, ale pail. pail. Yeah, the, the ale pail, pail. and Brees liquid malt extract. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That's all I've worked with, man. <laughs> I mean, besides the one like brew day I did at an actual brewery, but other than that, only home brew I've ever done has been extract, extract that syrupy, sticky, <laughs> It's miserable to work just with. Never work. know how long it's probably been on the shelf for, uh, <laughs> you know, just dark brown, even though it says pale. You <laughs> know, so we made, we made some pretty garbage beers the first, uh, the first few times on that, but um, kind of steadily improved as we went. And so that's where the seed was planted. That's where the seed saying. was, yes. That is how it all began. So what was your progression like from there? I mean, was it, I always talk to these guys and hear these stories about the addiction that kind of starts and you it's, just... it's seriously true. I like why well, when I get into something, it's been like this my whole life. If I get into something, I get obsessive with it. So any free time I had, I would be on homebrewtalk.com just like immersing myself in as much info as I could just because it was all I thought about and got into all grain pretty fast. And just, you know, cause I loved being able to like customize the recipe to that level that that lets you versus extract just playing with hop combos and stuff like that. I would, I was brewed as, as often as I could. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's got it. would you start, did you start like indoor setting in a kitchen or did you have like the Turkey fryer basically? Like I the, started on my, uh, 
my electric stove with oh, with Jesus. the Mr. Beer stuff and enough boil overs on an electric uh-huh. stove. Yeah. You know, trying to scrape that up on a glass stove top made me realize this isn't going to work too this long. Will drive you right outside. Right. So <laughs> then I went to my brother's and ruined his stove a couple times. Nice. Um, and then finally, uh, he helped me buy uh, our our banjo burner, which we still use for our pilot system, just because he's like, well, I don't really want you destroying my kitchen over and over again, so let's move us out into the garage. So I feel he, like that's yeah. the move. The banjo burner <laughs> feels like the way to go. So yourself a little propane and right. nice stock pot of sorts and yep. go to town. Yep. I think I had run out of my sister-in-law's good graces for the, the kitchen <laughs> at that point. So. so from there, I mean, once you start building this, like when did you know, did you start What'd you do? Just, you know, hey, try this, friends and family. Yeah, that's exactly right. Once I started kegging, you know, anytime we would have parties at our house or get-togethers or whatever, you know, I'd always share beer with people and always got pretty good feedback. But again, it was the, you know, you're giving free beer to friends, so you never know how seriously to take that sort of thing. And it wasn't until, what, 2016, I think, we... uh, we had kind of talked about it. Uh, there's, there's two other guys who are our age. Um, there's a guy, um, who I was living with at the time and Dave's brother, Steve. And we had all kind of talked about like, Oh, it wouldn't be cool to start something, but it was, it was always kind of like a, what if, you know, but we were at a 4th of July barbecue where me and the other guy were living at the time and we had our kegerator set up and Dave and Steve's dad, Andy, who's our, our main investor, came to the barbecue and we were all feeling pretty good at that time. You know, I had some of my beer there and, uh, we were all probably half in the bag and started talking about this. And then it kind of like got serious after a little while, you know, we kept having beers and kept talking about like, what would it take to do this? And I know our dollar amount at that point was way, way lower than what it turned out to actually be. (laughs) Right. Like, Oh yeah, we can probably do this for like 10,000 bucks or something. Totally. (laughs) Totally. All this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so hilarious. It's only like two thousand yeah. dollars a person, right? <laughs> Dude, we all have that, <laughs> right? I could do that. Yeah, it didn't quite turn out that way. So, you're, you're. Uh, I was going to ask you, but I think you answered my question. Like the boxer brief question on this is always kegerator or keezer. Man, you go. I was a kegerator. Kegerator. Yeah, guy. my. Uh, uh, we found like a dent model on the floor at Home yes. Depot that was like half price, yes. and I customized it a little bit, put like a couple more taps on it. But yeah, no, I was a kegerator. Nice. Just because we got lucky. I mean, that's the one thing that people always talk about, too, because, you know, like I said, I, I've homebrewed very limited, like five batches, maybe, you know, at the most with my father-in-law. He and I do it every now and again. And, it's, and everybody's like, well, you know, bottling and that sucks. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I've never worst. done that. And they're like, well, then you haven't lived. Like, you haven't really <laughs> homebrewed. Like, my father-in-law right. always kegged. He's got his old Pepsi kegs and cornies and stuff. That well, he did it right, right off the yeah, bat then. Bottling absolutely. is the worst. The worst. Just priming sugar and yeah. things like that. Nope. I don't know anything about those things. Ugh. Probably need that in my repertoire. Like just, just have the education. Everyone should it. have to do it once just to know how good they have just it. When deal you deal with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Kegging equals more better. <laughs> so, I mean, this, this kind of was hatched at a, like you said, at a barbecue, a drunken barbecue. This, yeah. This thought process of like, could this happen? I mean, what, what, what was the background? Like how did, first of all, how did your, two of your paths cross, man? Where did you guys, um, through one of the other investors. So you guys were all at Northern. Yeah, a bunch of us went to Northern yeah. Illinois. The guy that he ended up living with was has been one of my best friends since. So are you college age him. when all this starts? starts when, when we, we met, met yeah, yeah. This, like, the kind of thought process going into the brewery was three or four years ago. Yeah. We, had, we, had, we were very comfortable with each other at that point, I would say. Right. 
but um yeah uh mutual friends in college and then through dave i met his brother steve and then um you know would all hang out and stuff when you know we lived we lived in all lived in naperville or you in st charles at the time but the rest of us lived in naperville so not too far off and hang out you know downtown naperville get drunk on craft beer and features what yeah no. <laughs> I, I would probably say the, a few real, features the real tipping point was probably when my father retired and he was looking for something to do specifically wanted to invest in something sort uh-huh. of company which is something i've always wanted to do too and i think that's when things started getting serious yeah uh very serious very quickly yeah um and we started talking uh did the festivals but i was probably the one mainly home brewing jason was there a lot too yeah you helped me probably the most and then uh Eric signed a lease for the building, and uh, that was, it was go time. Wait, we, how, how did, wait, I feel like we skipped some things here. We what skipped are, about a year of absolute <laughs> hell. Eric, Eric to, signed a lease. I here. tried to forget about most of that, but <laughs> what? <laughs> we went through this just absolute circus of trying to find a building where we could not figure out what we wanted to do, whether we wanted to buy the building or lease the building, and then we kept saying like buying a building is about another seven hundred thousand dollars that we don't really have. That's it? You know, well <laughs> on the low end, on the low end, <laughs> right? Um, so we we kind of kept going back and forth on that, and there were a couple of buildings we really liked, but uh, it was just a nightmare trying to to find the right spot where you know parking was sufficient and you know it had the bare bones that you could turn into a good brewing spot. And you know, in St. Charles, there weren't a whole lot of options, and we wanted to be in St. Charles. We knew from pretty much the get go. That's what I'm wondering. Like, where did those? Uh, we I feel like we missed all those conversations. Like, what 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 led you? Like, where did you go into this building idea? Like, what did you have set up that you were able to go look at buildings? Like, you had investors firm, like uh, every you know that so, kind of thing, or yeah. So it's mostly mostly Andy. And um, they just handed you the reins, like, hey, you find a building you like, or was it? He was involved. Okay. He was involved in the process. All all five of us owners are all really hands on. So um, there's five. Okay. Yeah, there's five of us. So there's me, Dave, Steve, another guy, and Andy. Um, I like the another guy. Well, <laughs> he's super he has silent, a full time job. Super yeah. mega silent he pops guy. Out on the weekends, like, right. he helps, he helps a lot. out. Does so, a lot of the marketing and stuff. Yeah, like that I don't too. know how much his job knows about anything. Super so mega like, silent partner. Yeah, right. we, don't, we don't want them listening and being like, <laughs> "That's Wait, the new beer advocate <laughs> code word right, right. There. Super, there." Super mega silent partner. Right. So, uh, yeah, it was just it was a lot of trying to find us, but you looked probably almost a year for a building until Obviously. we found. Uh, we were actually going to try and do one right down the street, and um, then this one opened up for rent rather than to buy. And we realized, you know, trying to afford a building to own and then all the build out cost, which we still didn't realize how much that was going to cost. Yeah. But, um, I'm glad it worked out that we, way. We lucked out. We are <laughs> yeah. in a perfect spot. We have great landlords. The, the place is amazing. Yeah. Uh, we've already filled it up both front and back. So it's, it's hilarious to me though, though when you're talking about that, cause you're, you're saying like you spend a year nightmare trying to find it. And you kind of touched on like, you know, what, trying to find the attributes of the building mm. that you want to be in and whether you want to buy or lease but like when you say a year is that a year like looking daily weekly visiting buildings daily weekly sure. monthly like no it was as often as we could find a building we thought looked good um i would be sitting at my old job uh i hope you don't listen to this jason my old boss you know when i wasn't reading beer advocate you know in the morning i'd be looking at a at a realty webs or real, you know, real estate websites about like, all right, what building would work? 
and uh and looking at every building that was available right Look, eric has the weirdest available. history ever oh, I don't it know. <laughs> oh yeah it's beer advocate in real estate i don't yes. know what he's doing yeah, gotta dip my hands yeah. into a lot of different areas While being to figure out what i'm doing yeah, what right. what was the previous gig if you don't mind me asking uh, i worked for the dupage public defender's office okay. i was a criminal investigator so i Jeez. i kind of did that? a 180 there what the hell were you doing? Like, you're, you're, you're like physically investigating things or are you like researching? Uh, no, like I was out. Like, oh, you... I was out there on the street talking to people about crime. It what? was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So are you like a law enforcement officer of some not sort? A, not like the, a... kind of the opposite. Actually, I was trying to keep people out of jail. Okay. So, um, this is very confusing. I came from a completely different background. So I would just homebrew while doing justice okay. well, you know, yeah, or injustice. Cause I enjoyed <laughs> justice. <laughs> <laughs> fucking top secret shit right oh now. yeah i love it yep. secret squirrel all right so that's uh, that, that's the oh that's so funny that that's where you came you were doing that while researching this so so you're you're having basically a headache every time trying to find a bill how many buildings do you think you looked at before you before you actually figured out okay we're Probably gonna lease and it's gonna be this one through a dozen or so which okay. doesn't sound like a lot but i mean the numbers that we like talked about and looked at and discussed amongst ourselves was, was a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. So when you find this building, like how, how fast did it, was it like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. Or we, was it well, like, like Dave said, you I know, know, I went and signed a lease and that's kind of how it went. Like we talked about it and you get five people together, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that can be five different opinions on ton, things. That's yeah. Right. So when you're trying to get everyone on the same page, sometimes it would usually be three of us, you know, kind of had the same thought. And then there would always be one or two of us were like, well, well, what if we did then? Finally, it just got to the point where I'm like, fuck it. We're assigning this lease and we're going to make this happen or we're going to be looking at real estate for a year. I remember, I remember year. some yeah. sort of conversation where Eric had a little freak out of, we have to, do, we have to sign this lease. It's happening. And then there was <laughs> I'm like going to lose silence, my mind. And then he just signed. <laughs> no. What you got to do that sometimes. It. You right. have to do it sometimes. Right. That's awesome. So, you have to, so this has been, a, a, how long is the lease, Ian? Yeah five, help, years? yeah, five years with another five option. But oh, okay. um, I think it's safe to say our, our landlords really, really like us. And they know with the amount of work we put into this building, we aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, how long before you take, <laughs> so, was that Sigma, whatever that is? <laughs> yeah. How long, how long before that becomes yours? Uh, yeah, hopefully that's in the near future. Let's we go. Gotta, Come yeah, on. We'd love that. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, we're not going. Already anywhere. running out of space. That's so great. We're Month pretty and much maxed out. And yeah. uh, here we are. We're already looking. Yeah, need, talking probably about need more, more stainless. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> probably so need more stainless. Yeah. Yep. We have room for, I think, three more uh, three more tanks. That is such a common thing, man. You open these things up and you're like, oh, yeah, we did all this and spent all this money. And then like instantly, we need more tanks. Right. We're we going to spend some more money. We need more stainless. That's the running joke is how can I spend all of our money, whether (laughs) it's on hops or new tanks or whatever. I love hearing those stories, man. Especially like the Brewers Conference was just, you know, a couple of years ago. I remember, you know, somebody saying like, oh, yeah. And then I was at the Brewers Conference and I talked to Brandon from Hailstorm and he got this new device. So I'm like, I go right back. Like we're buying one of these now, you know. Like it's like monkey see, monkey do. Like, well, right. You, you gotta, see the the toys the other guys get to play yeah. with. You know, you want those. It's like a ten thousand dollar like little box that does like something with your oxygen <laughs> on the can. Right. You know, like, just make yep. sure you're not canning shitty beer. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. that's kind My of my brother important. Steve actually broke the computers so that Eric couldn't spend money. He bought us about a week of uh, just baseball no bat right. after I had <laughs> bought yeah, my you know tenth box of Galaxy hops. <laughs> well, yeah. you know what though? That's the thing, right? It's, it's so hard to find them and, and get them right. And, Right, yeah. Hops like that. Got to hop on them when you can. You just take them. Just got to right. take them in. 
um, th- yeah, that's that's something that that's something that's always fascinated me, like the grain and hop side. I mean, it's usually the conversation that you hear is is usually on the hops. Sure. I mean, it's usually that's the tricky part, or you know, proc- procuring specific ones. And now, even recently, you see uh, uh, a lot of it probably stemming from the success in the Chicago area of guys like Justin Miller and Hop Butcher and, and uh, using the Sabro hop, sure. Strata hop with a uh, blazed orange milkshake and that. So these hops, from what I'm hearing, are very difficult. Galaxy seems like it's been difficult for a while. But you can find Galaxy now. Just um, pricing. It's just really expensive. Just pricing. Yes. Yeah. Same with Nelson. That's, yeah, I guess I, fr- I phrased that wrong. It's just it's yeah. the pricing, not finding it. It's right there, there are it. still ones like Vic Secret's super hard to find. So anytime yeah. I Great can, hop. oh, I love it. So There's anytime like you, I can Nelson. get it. Nelson's one that I feel. Is, yep. I always look at it as underutilized, but I think mm-hmm. maybe it's just cost. Right. Like, like we're already throwing. S- eight pounds per barrel, you know, like the, the crazy amount of hops that are going into the beers that are selling the most right now. It's just, it's hard, right? I mean, are you guys experiencing the same thing? Was it more difficult for you guys because you were newer or did you already have like connections in place to get that stuff done? We, we got the stuff that we wanted to. There's a, a website where it's like a free market hop exchange, but, um, you know, people take advantage of that knowing that new guys like us want these hops and they're going to pay more for them. Um, so I think there were, I tried not to go over 40 bucks a pound for galaxy, but sometimes you just need galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know there were a couple of times we spent a little more, more than that, but yeah, it gets really expensive really quick. And like you said, you're doing hazy new England's that use like three to six pounds per barrel on the dry hop or something like that. And those beers yeah. get really expensive really quick, but it's totally <laughs> worth it. You know, that's what people want. What's the most expensive beer on your menu right now? Silt. To make. Silt. Silt's yeah. the big one. So is that good? Is, what's the what's the heavy part? Is the hop is, are the hops always the most expensive? Part? Galaxy hops. Yeah, that's, that's the, always the, the most first batch part. of that was pretty obscenely expensive, uh, and then we the batch that we have in the tanks right now we we balanced Citra and Galaxy a little bit more and made it a little more Citra heavy. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't a cost saving thing that we did no. like try and break it down. <laughs> no, but. Um, we just wanted the Galaxy and Citra to be a little bit more balanced. Well, you said the original had mosaic too. It did. Kind of yeah. like, all right, well, this wasn't really bringing what we. It know. just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't use a lot of it. So I, I love Citra hops and I love Galaxy hops. So I wanted those to kind of be the star of the show a little bit more. And Galaxy can get a little weird on you. You know, we talked about this mm-hmm. before we were rolling. Like all the good conversation, right? Just yeah. wasted. No. So. You know, you use enough that. galaxy. You start talking about it again. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, we want to draw attention to it. <laughs> All the awkwardness that this I can is, get yeah, in here. So you know? to, any peek behind the curtain. That's right. my thought. So we backed off on the galaxy a little bit, not uh, just because you use it in a super high quantity, and it, like that hop can get a little earthy. It can get a little like I almost see like peanutty in the finish sometimes, and it can it can the burn can kind of stick around a little longer, like the hop burn. You know that is kind of notorious in that style of beer. Um, so we wanted to avoid any of that. So it, more than a cost saving thing, it was a, how can we just balance this beer a little bit better? And I think the next batch, the one that we have in the tanks right now is going to totally kill it. And I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that day I just met you that night of the soft opening and we talked for a little bit and, and you mentioned like, yeah, the, the silt, the silt's good. It's like, but I, I can't wait for the next batch. You yeah. were already contemplating it. It felt like you already sure. were like, all right, I have so many ideas to fix this. Oh, I'm like, I'm like that. Time. Yeah. I'm like that with all my long beer time. though. Silt, <laughs> especially though, Silt's my baby. So I've been like tweaking that recipe in some way, shape or form since like 2014. Oh no shit. I had a heady topper for the first time and I was just like blown away by that beer. So it started off as like a homebrew heady topper clone. And then I ended up getting some, uh, vicinity by Trillium. And they make okay stuff. Yeah, you know, they're they're pretty both solid. Of them. Both of them. Right. Nice so, shirt, by the way. 
Oh, I'm wearing a heady topper shirt for <laughs> those is. you know who aren't here, who aren't watching on right. TV. No. <laughs> uh, but like then I got you know exposed to what like the super juicy you know like what's become the New England style is now. So uh, then kind of silt became more like less like heady topper and more like that. Um, because you still couldn't really get those beers out here at that time. So we could just homebrew them. So that's kind of like, this has been my beer in the works for a long time. So I just, I always want it to be perfect every time we brew it. And that's not really a thing that ever actually happens. So it's no. just my white whale. No fun there. Right. No fun if you got it right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty crazy that, I mean, you brought up a really cool, just general beer topic mm-hmm. is, especially in the Midwest, um, you know, cause that that's a lot of not a lot but there's definitely some stories out there and guys you probably know but guys that have been on this show have talked about you know i started doing this because i couldn't get these beers or it was mm-hmm. difficult to get them or i was trading all my beers or i was having to ship things you know across country illegally to try to get these beers back and it's funny how it morphed into this thing is like heady topper was this like new england ipa basically you know this east coast ipa that everybody sought after and then this the, what, what is now the east coast ipa or the hazy the new england is com- nothing like no Hattie like topper. you would look at hey topper and think it looks like a west coast ipa by like who fucked stairs. up on this beer what's right. all the floaty shit in there <laughs> why is all the junk in there like yeah you wouldn't have a clue i mean i, I would say my exposure to the juicy hazies is your beer yeah it's probably the first ones i tried I was on board right away. <laughs> There's no doubt about There's that. It's such a great beer to bring people under the tent. I mean, sure. say whatever you want about it. And, the, and, the, and this episode is full of, you know, every episode is full of these conversations about this specific style just because it's taken over so deep claws in the beer world, mm-hmm. especially in the Chicagoland area. And I'm sure very similar all over the place. You can look anywhere now and see you know spindle tap in houston and you know there's there's all these all these breweries are spread about the country the parish in louisiana you know that's just everybody's doing this thing right now right. it's it's going down and there's some great ones all over the place so it's not like just a new england style thing anymore but i just thought it was funny how it really got started or like the first notion of it and then how it's been translated now into whatever it is and right. chicago has its own little you know variabilities to it uh, the midwest style i see even you guys have a midwest ipa up there mm-hmm. yep hey flap hey flap hey flap why is it an explanation point at the end so that beer hey, flap. uh and that's exactly how you have to say it every time. <laughs> so my, my wife, uh, Alyssa, and her best friend, Bryn, that's their nickname for each other. So every time they would see each other, it's, hey, Flap. So I, I did that as a little you uh-huh. know, tribute to them. A little tip of the cap. Sure. All right. Hey, Flap. So what's, what, did you, what did you guys interpret in Midwest IPA? So the, the first time we did the, like a test batch of that beer, it was supposed to be sort of like, sort of inspired by if you've had Bright by Treehouse. Yeah. Oh. Where it's not their normal, like, whatever yeast they use that gives them that, like, super kind of, like, citrusy, bubblegummy sort of character. It's like a clean American ale yeast. So we wanted to do something that was hopped like a New England, you know, like a massive dry hop and not super sharp bitterness like a West Coast. But, like, a really simple grain bill, you know, none of the oats, none of the wheat and stuff that we use in our, our New England's. With a clean American ale yeast and just kind of let the hops do the talking without anything else. So it's sort of like a blend of the two styles the only question is is it hazy bro it is not (laughs) hazy we actually went to pains to clarify this bear it is not a hazy bro unbelievable unbelievable gotta have something take it off the menu (laughs) get it out of here oh it's 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 good it's a good thing i've seen like you know like uh, even just you know not that far from you guys like tom quarter i know they use the midwest ipa term and yeah that kind of uh over at penrose uh 
they've done that. I've seen you've seen that more and more. Uh, and like I think Chris over at uh, uh, she's transient in Michigan. They he's done what he calls like a Midwest New England or something. Yeah. Out, you know, that's basically. But his was more focused on the fact that everything was local, basically. Or he's okay. getting Michigan hops. You yeah. know, but in it, brewing it in that style of a New England style. Yeah. So I like your interpretation as the yeast strain. You know, you're you know it's going to be something. What, what would you say is a little higher attenuating? Yeast higher attenuating versus? and just like it doesn't throw off the like the fruity yeast esters that like the English strain that we use in our our New Englands does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you guys use like a, do you guys Omega guys or we are? Yep, mm-hmm. almost everything we use comes from Omega. Most shout of out to Lance. Every episode he should get a shout out. They're He's awesome. The yeah, they they have a really good product. Mm-hmm. Every I don't know anybody that doesn't. I mean, some people don't use them obviously, but you know, nobody doesn't has a bad thing to say about the yeah. Omega, Omega stuff. I love their lacto blend too. All of our kettle sours use that. It's uh, their lactobacillus blend is is awesome. It's Delicious. really easy to work with. Have you have you guys been fucking around at all with the caviques uh, and all that? The, the not yet. Um, I'm sure we will. Scary yeast. Yeah, that's just a monster, I guess. But um, yeah, it seems weird to be able to ferment a beer at like 90 <laughs> degrees without it turning into a catastrophe. But every beer I've had with it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, 102 degrees. Right. I've seen some tanks hitting. Like that's wild. We w- I, we definitely want to play with it at some point. We just want to get our kind of base dialed in a little bit uh, a little bit more before we start going off the rails with other stuff. Yeah, I can't say I've had one that like I've fallen head over heels for, and I don't know if that's that's the yeast itself mm-hmm. or if it's something you know maybe just coincidence that they just yeah. weren't as good a beers as you know for my palate. I, that's another just full disclosure. I always tell people my palate sucks. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's good in the fact that like I can figure out things that everybody likes, but you know when I taste something and try to talk about it, I feel like. I'm not speaking English. I have no, um, like it's I, I can or like, relate or I'm led, you know, like yeah. you get led. Okay. Like my wife, my wife will taste something and tell me and I'll taste it. I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I do taste that. You know, it's one of those things. It's funny. You read like the reviews of a beer on beer advocate or something. And you know, like, yeah, I, that's my go to like, Oh, this is really good. It's juicy, you know, mm-hmm. or it's, it's whatever these like yeah. base descriptors. And then you read someone with like a either better palate or just better articulating. Right. That. <laughs> yeah, it tastes Some papaya journalism. and hints yeah. of lavender or whatever. And I was like, what the hell? No, you don't. There was a, yeah. <laughs> There, there was a beer. I can't remember which beer it was, but it was a Firestone Walker beer, and it was on. It was you know, some, I think it was maybe at Iron and Glass over in Romeoville, and they 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 when they print out their menus, they leave like the full description on there yeah. from Untapped on there, and I'm reading through this Firestone Walker beer, and it was just like, there might have been 48 flavors they told you you're tasting, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm tasting maybe one. Like, yeah. I, I came got from the wine world, so I, I know all about this. I know all of the the buzzwords, mm-hmm. the, the romantic words, or how to make things Super sound sexy or whatever. No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm usually the guy that's throwing that stuff out sometimes, even just for fun. Oh, that's great. That's, oh, that's bled into the beer world big time. Oh yeah, the wine world to be into the tan- tannins getting. When I first got into it, beer was this much shelf space. I mean, hilarious. Now it's people are. It's just it reminds me a lot of wine. Yeah. No, it's it's something that's that's fun to been it's fun to watch the evolution. There's sometimes where it's disturbing. I feel like, especially like on Untapped or or listening to other people's podcasts or or watching videos, whatever. You people get so deep into it sometimes. I'm like, man, I'm bordering that. Like, I like the information. I like that you're able to articulate. I like that you've packaged it in a way for people that maybe not as advanced to kind of get. But then I fall on that line where I'm like, is this where we're going with beer? It like does we, get a little over the top. This used to be fun. Sure. This used to be like a fun thing. You just craft beer. The the alcoholism turned to a hobby. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> we're having a good time with it. But now you get these people that are just so deep and like 
the flavors and, and, oh, yeah. and you know the almost pretentiousness that we're bordering on at this point is like a hole in a beer community i always i i, I don't know if it was a meme i pulled this from but before we started rolling, we we had some quick Natter Days talks. <laughs> uh, so nat- Natural Lights uh, Natter Days, check it out, Strawberry Lemonade. Um, but somebody posted like a picture of that when it came out, and it was like a meme, and it said like, "This is our fault," basically like in a craft beer community page. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it kind of is. Like yeah, we, for we've sure. done 100%. this to ourselves. We've right. done it enough. We've gone so deep that now people like Natural Light." are making it necessary like we have to do something we're gonna get our flavor. juicy american like, light lager right. out there you know like when when somebody walked into crafted w- with a bottle and was like hey can we share this and i looked down and it was a guinness aged in bullet bourbon barrels i'm like what what's going on here like <laughs> we've pushed this thing so hard that now even the big boys are like all right let's barrel age something sure. or like it's it like says it touches wood you know basically <laughs> so it's like they ran it through some fucking barrel staves or something and then you know regular guinness with some barrel stave on it i don't know i just i think it's how do you guys feel about that like as now from a different perspective not just home brewers and consumers now you guys are you know producing a product do you do you worry about like how it's kind of going now where people are so strongly opinionated about beer you know what though like i feel that they're as, as crazy as the industry can get with all the things you can put into beer and flavors and stuff like that. There's still like pushback from people who love just a clean Pilsner and people who come in here and that's what they want. Like we, we sell our, our a pretty good amount of our yellow kayak, our pills. And I know like from an industry perspective, that's what I drink the most of by far. Like when I'm having a shift beer at the end of the day, like all I want is a Pilsner. Like I've been yeah. tasting IPAs and stuff out of the tanks all day. I just don't want to think about it, you know, anymore. I just want to sit down and have a beer. So I think you do get a lot of people who want that too. So hopefully as much as I love all the crazy flavors and stuff like that, I love drinking them. I love making them, but I think there's still always going to be the market for like clean lagers and simple beers too. I hope it stays that way. I think it's, I think it's exciting again, coming from the wine world, knowing that, you know, people would say, I don't like wine. My, well, my challenge was, I'm going to find a wine that you like. Now I'm in the beer world. There's a lot more beer options for people. I feel like there is something for everyone. You, yeah. you can't say I'm not a beer drinker at this point because there, there's just, there's, there will be something you like. Right. Yeah, you can drill down on that even more too. Like there's the not beer drinker. Then there's the always the, and I know you see this in this room every, every weekend. I'm sure that I don't really like IPAs. Right. I don't really like this, you know, and you're like, well, you know, they're, they're basically pulling from their memory. Somebody handed them, you know, whatever, a Lagunitas IPA that might've been on the shelf for six months, right. you know, and that's their thought of like, oh, it's bitter and hoppy. And you're like, Let's try silt. You know, right, like, yeah. Those you know, like, a like, lot of what's this? That. Right. That's an IPA. Yeah. That. We give them a little splash, and they're like, oh, you know what? Actually, that's, that's pretty good. I'll right. take, yeah, they're, they're totally like a bridge into IPAs. You know, that's another thing that's really cool about that style is, like, hopheads love them because it's, like, pure hop flavor mm-hmm. in a beer without that bitterness getting in the way. But people who don't like IPAs, and they don't like them because of that, you know, yeah. big bitterness like them, too, you know, because of that the juiciness and the fact that it, it doesn't taste like a, a beer like they think of when they think of beer yeah now nowadays it's like i see somebody that's into barley wines or like uh you know like some sort of esb or something uh-huh. like i automatically have that like that guy's next level like, <laughs> <that> <laughs> he's guy's, an og that guy's next level <laughs> as fuck like he's looking for for barley wines 
uh, yeah, but it's, it's funny how, how the, the kind of world is shaken out at this point. Right. But uh, I guess I guess that conversation was all to tie it back into you guys, like the conscious effort, not effort, but I guess the, the, I love the fact that you that you you touched it right away. Like this this is beers that we love these styles. Yep. So it's not this thing of like, well, we got to do this because otherwise, you know, you're not going to be successful because we're not doing what the market wants right now. But it's more like, I want these too. You know, yeah, that's why yeah, I started I, brewing. I, I love them. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like you can taste that in people's beer. I mean, honestly, I know that sounds corny, but like, I feel like you can taste that in the beer. If you, if you really like that style or, you know, you have an attachment to it versus if you're just brewing it to brew it. You right. Know? You know, I feel like, if that's if that's your outlook on a beer, whatever style it is, if if you're brewing it just because you want to have one on tap, I feel like it's hard to not mail it in at that point, you know, because like if you're going to brew it just because you think you should, how many times have you really practiced that recipe? You know, how many have you really worked on dialing it in or anything like that? So I, I think. And did you do you care as much if it doesn't work out perfectly? Right, mm-hmm. right. So we we definitely want to make sure anything we put on tap that. We've run it through our pilot system at least a couple times and that we've we've given it some thought about why we're using the ingredients we're using in it and what flavor we're trying to achieve. But even more so on our New England's, like we were talking about, you know, the hops is what everyone talks about with those beers. But I have like laid awake at night thinking about minute grain bill adjustments in those uh, in those IPAs, like to get the exact flavor we're going for, because the finish is so important. And that's a big thing with the grain bill, you know, like what the base malt should be. Should we use lactose? Shouldn't we use lactose? You know, like all those little, those minor adjustments, it's what we put a lot of thought into. Yeah, it's always a a cool kind of look into the brain, you know, where I think a lot of people don't get the the way it sets up with uh, what's giving it that softness or what's Mm -hmm. giving it, you know, that's. The hops are like the sexy part. It's like, right. what flavors am I getting? Is my sweet tangerine, papaya, whatever, you know, <laughs> making stone fruits off this. But it's like, hey, where, where's that build coming from? Where's that kind of base for everything to sit on top of? And, I mean, mostly it's, you hear like flaked oats and, and flaked wheat and that kind of thing. Uh, lactose is a weird conversation now. Yeah. Maltodextrin is not as talked about now, but I know that's something that a lot of guys use just from what I've gathered, it's more to add some of that stuff that you get from a lactose, but mm-hmm. without the like sweetness or the milk sugar sweetness. We uh, we used it in our first round, and then have kind of started phasing it out a little bit, um, just because I I like the body that it added, but I thought our beers were finishing a little too sweet. So there's there's definitely a balancing act there, you know, because you can get a lot of that body from wheat, you can get a lot of it from oats, the yeast that you use, um, even hops make a difference to that. But um, yeah, maltodextrin, we haven't like cut it out entirely or anything, because I do like it in, in some ways, but you know, it can also just it can be a little too much. So it's it's a balancing act with these beers for sure to get them just that right level of sweetness, but still finishing kind of dry. So it's it's not cloying, you know, and it's not mm. you still want to realize that it's beer, you know, you don't want to finish too sweet and juicy you know now that we're talking about all these beers and i'm looking at the menu over your head and i'm like i want to try that tevatron now is there any way we? i, I can make that happen and, right and now let's let's make it happen Dave, you D- hold Dave, down the talk for a second now. Here. let's talk about it let's talk about binnies yeah how, how'd you get started like in the beer world in general for you so now that we have our barmaid going to get us some drinks i just <laughs> fell into the business when i was 21 uh i was helping my dad on winter break from college get a keg because he had bad back so I popped into this liquor store up in South Elgin. They were hiring, and I came in the next day and apparently worked my first shift that day. Huh. And then I was a manager of the building two months later and uh, never really looked back. 
That's uh, crazy. Bounced that... around mom and pop places, uh, landed at Benny's for a while, uh, left in January of 2018 to kind of help focus on this a little bit. And again, I was a wine guy for the majority yeah. of that time. Yeah. Uh, and I'd say probably when this idea started is when I was like, I need to start drinking beer and figure out what all this is, what this is all about. What brought you to the wine world? Like, what, how did how did you get attracted to it? Now, I just, you, you kind of mentioned uh, about, was it you, you mentioned your dad was the one that retired? Yeah. Yeah, and he was kind of like looking for that. So did your dad come from the industry at all? Or like, was he, or was he just an, always an entrepreneur? Or did he, he, he never? He was in sales his whole life. All, all okay. sorts of things from tin cans to flavorized pops to all sorts of stuff um so my mom was kind of into wine growing up um so i i I kind of fell into a little bit that way but really when i started running this shop and i realized holy cow what's this wine thing about i was i was the weirdo at college parties with a bottle of wine you know i'm sipping on right bank bordeaux (laughs) at a party and everyone else is drinking like he's still wine that's hilarious Uh, like seriously did people always were like drunk guys like who's a pussy with the wine everyone gave me shit i mean it was and then people started trying stuff oh that's actually not too bad oh it gets you drunk faster oh this is like don't touch my bottle wine. <laughs> this crazy warm feeling is washing over me. But, uh, yeah, my, my mentor, as I would call him, uh, that kind of brought me into the business, showed me the ropes, trusted me with everything, uh, really drove me into to wine, and let, he let me be part of the process of buying wine for the shop and trying all sorts of stuff. And it just kind of, kind of like Eric, where I got a little obsessive. I would spend my evenings reading. Like, if I got a question about something I couldn't answer, it drove me insane. And I would go home, and then all of a sudden, down the rabbit hole you go. So early twenties, you're already you're you're deep in the wine already. I, I mean, are you looking at how do you balance that? Because that's not a cheap fucking hobby. To it was have not at cheap that age. Like, so how are you? Like, I got to buy some eight dollar bottles and then you know. Well, what happens? I didn't, I didn't finish school at Northern, and I ended up just going full time, um, and that supported my habit quite a bit. Oh, there you uh, go. Being That'll being help. exposed to the sales reps and stuff helped a lot too to kind of hone in what I liked and what all that, but. Uh, it was it was a wild ride. It was it was expensive at times. Uh, I got certified for all sorts of different things, and then uh, I discovered beer, and uh, that was kind of after all of this boom was happening. His his hazies and getting trying some of his home brew, and again, I I was there when I saw the beer shelf expand ten times the size it was when I started. And this that's, is and weird. I'm, and I'm still <laughs> relatively young, I would say. Uh, so. Once everything started popping, I was like, I need to try that. I need to try. all of a sudden going home with cases of beer instead of wine and trying to drink as much of it as I can. Did you ever go the like the sommelier route or like just like kind of bits and pieces? I or? thought about it. it. That was more service oriented and okay. I really wanted nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah. So I kind of just did this smaller a W set is one of the big ones, I think. Uh, and I was more really on like the tasting on the side or like, uh, yeah, what, what, well, that's what, yeah, tasting like and, and knowledge, and knowing the terroir of where, where these grapes are grown and okay. all that. Um, so, which again, that's why I kind of enjoy the beer scene now because it kind of reminds me of wine and I already have, I already, w- I already managed my way through that. So it's making it a little easier for me to kind of deal with all these different styles of beers and, and well, it's fun though. I was wondering that's like how fun. much that carried over and do you, do you find beers now that like, you know, you see a lot of, uh, a wild ales and things that are either using a Cabernet barrel or whatever. Like, do you like to try those type of things yeah, and I see would try everything. how they kind of like. You know, do they make the, your worlds meet a little bit? Yeah, or? a little bit. Um, I guess, well, recently I've been drinking mostly Riverlands beer, so I need to branch out a little bit. Again. <laughs> it's hard, though, right? It's, it's got to be hard, hard for you guys. It's very hard. Uh, no, I'm sure people bring friends, you guys. I was going to say, they probably bring you guys a few things here and there. Oh, yeah. Then you split yeah. a 16-ounce can five ways, and it's like, well, that was cool. Right. It's <laughs> the best, man. But that's, uh, my, that's my life every day, <laughs> splitting 16-ounce cans, whether it be with wife or customers or friends. That's absolutely. It. 
I'd like to mess around with some wine barrel stuff eventually, but that's well, well down the road and something we haven't even really considered at this yeah. point. I would love, love to do that, but wild yeast, uh, wild some, yeast scares me. Some punchins, maybe some. Mm-hmm. some that would uh, be really cool. Some, uh, yeah, get some fooders. Get oh some yeah, fooders. I never know how to say that word. I know. <laughs> Fodder, fooders, fooders. You have a cool accent to say it, really, man. No, but yeah, that's that's always a a fun transition to kind of see like you know there's not a ton of people that i've talked to on the show even that had like an extensive wine background or like that passion for it you know it's all it seems to be something that like they develop later on i think i don't know if it's like beer fatigue when you're always entrenched in beer i see a lot of brewers you know going to a bottle of wine and their like instagram stories once they're at home and stuff or like like you said the big thing is the pilsners and lagers that's like every brewer i talk to i mean there's pretty much no exception to it they're Sure, they'll they'll want to try you know the latest you know whatever hot butcher you know that whatever it is in the market, but for the most part, it's like who's got the lager, who's got the pilsner, who's yep. got you know maybe you'll see some like Trey Fontaine or something you know some really cool uh, Cantillon or something. But it's funny how you get like that fatigue of your own kind of setting every day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like and we have I haven't hit that yet here. You know, we've been open such a short time, but like. Like I said, you know, at the, at the end of the shift, all I want is our Pilsner or, you know, something like a lot less hop saturated or something like that. And, um, you know, a lot of times if I'm drinking at home, I'll, I'll gravitate to something like that. You know, do you have a passion to brew a lager soon or we, uh, uh we're going to do a Munich pretty soon. <laughs> okay. No. So we've, we've got a handle on things. I think production wise right now where we can keep hazies coming enough and we'll do, you know, an Imperial stout every month or two months or something like that. And we've, we've got enough fermentation capacity that we can get a lager on. That's my goal is to always have one lager at least on tap. Yeah. We've got two right now. Good goal. I love them. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, you know, especially with the warm months coming up, like Immunic Hellas would be perfect. Just a total summer crusher, barbecue beer, Mm -hmm. something like that. Barbecue beer. That's right. So what's the, uh, what's the brew house size? 10 barrels. So we can make 310 gallons at a time. 310 gallons so do you a lot of double turn triple turn days or like mostly double turn days we, so we just brew the same beer two days in a row when we're finished we've got uh four 10 barrel fermenters and 220s so what does that get you then so if you're brewing are you brewing two brews a day on it or are you doing one brew it one day brew it the next day? yeah exactly so okay. one brew yeah one proof uh so one 20 barrels batches right. coming out okay yeah so um like for silt you know we just that's the most recent 20 barrel batch that we did so we brewed silt one day uh you know actually use uh less yeast that way too because the yeast kind of it's almost like making a giant yeast starter for all the homebrewers out there you know you make a yeast starter let it sit for a day or two like the first batch almost serves like a yeast starter so that when you hit it with that other 10 barrels of beer like that yeast is ready to go yeah sean was in it was new to me because i I, when i uh, sean burns over phase three now obviously uh i i asked him like could i come tag along for a brew day when mm-hmm. they did their first batch so they had done the first turn of it the day before yep. and i came in the morning and that was my first question was like so you're brewing the same beer again but the one's already in the fermenter and it's already got yeast in it like what is, how do you do that and mm-hmm. like what does that do and i'm like so he's explained it to me and he ended by saying you know 
so yesterday finished up, put a pitched a fifteen barrel, you know, batch on a thirty barrel. Eventually, it's going to be a thirty barrel batch. Right. The fifteen barrel batch of uh, yeast, you know, he, he pitched in there. So I'm like, so you're pitching another fifteen barrels of yeast tomorrow? And he's like, no, no, no. So they're today. You know, he's like, no, no, sorry, that those things went nuts last night. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. With it. All I was going to do is, you know, put the next beer in there. So that was kind of a education thing for me. I, I thought that was interesting. I don't think about that. You know, right. the, the consumer's not going to think about the way that yeast is, and then also that's part of cost. Um, I'm really sim- sim- interested now too, and I hear a lot of brewers talk about like skimming their pitch off, you know, whatever it is. So, so explain that to me. Like, how often are you doing that? Like, how can you, like, for yeast management? Yeah, like how, like yeah. That? How would you? So, we we ordered all of our yeast from Omega for the first probably two rounds of batches, just because I, you know, I never really got into that side of things with home brewing, um, just because you know what's 10 bucks for your homebrew batch who cares you yeah. know just get fresh yeast every time but you know you're talking 400 bucks or 350 to 400 bucks or something for a 10 barrel pitch of yeast so like that's a significant amount of money so um i just wanted to get a handle on brewing first because this is my first like real step into professional brewing so i didn't want to like go overboard right away and try and manage yeast on top of everything else <laughs> that i was learning you know that was that was new um so now that we kind of have gotten into that, it's actually, it's super easy. We, we harvest our, you know, like Omega English ale yeast, you know, that we use in all of our hazies. So we can pitch that probably like for, you know, we're on generation three of it what now. Call it? Is it OM5? It's what, British or, ale or five. British ale is five. what we use. So it's Which like. Is similar to like a London three. Yeah. London ale three or, or I, I don't know if White Labs has a version of it now, but yeah, it's everyone knows 1318, you know, London ale three is the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, we played around with, you know, like Conan and uh, that one that Mike Palin used to use for special sauce, like mm-hmm. that blend of Conan and uh, the like tropical IPA yeast or something. Mm-hmm. That's uh, We played around with that a little bit, too, but we've thought that like the London L3 just gave us the best consistent results for what we were looking for. And it's it's repitchable. It's a it's a good versatile yeast that we can use on a lot of things that we can use over and over again. Like we use it in our amber ale. We use it, um, you know, in our blonde ale when we brew that. So like they'll, they'll get a lot of, a lot of mileage out of that. What does that process look like physically? Like, how so do you, we crash our fermenter it? down, meaning we drop the temp on it down to like, you know, almost freezing, uh, let it sit like that for a couple of days, let all the yeast settle out to the bottom. And we just hook a hose up to the bottom of the tank. And I actually run it into my corny kegs from my homebrewing days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when we're, uh, brewing a new beer, we just kind of like push it with CO2, um, into like the transfer hose, uh, right out of the corny keg. Okay. So it's pretty easy. It's uh, So that's how you're pitching it once you right. so you just store it cold or whatever. Exactly. And, okay. You know, the fresher we can do it the better, but we've let yeah, it how sit long for is like that? Yeah. I've we've had it I think we just used a uh, the other day we used yeast that we harvested on like March 21st or something. So okay. I mean it, it it can hold a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't go more than a month probably and the sooner the better. How would you know? How would you know it wasn't a good viable yeast to use? That's uh, kind of a crapshoot. Uh, we don't have a lab <laughs> or anything to analyze it, so yeah. I guess if it didn't start bubbling in the bucket after a few days, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. better better ASAP order something or ask around who's got a pitch of this yeast. But I know it's early, but you guys haven't had to dump anything yet, have you? Or- we dumped a few kegs of something just because um, we tried a couple experiments in the keg. We tried to uh, milkshake one of our kegs of silt. Uh-huh. Um, try to in the keg. Yeah. Try to go vanilla it, beans and lactose in there? Or like, well, or we, did, just, we, we already had lactose little, in it? Try to no, there was no lactose in it, okay. but we were going to try and, like, add a little vanilla extract just to, like, have something else on tap, you know. Um, and it was just 
garbage. It was the it worst was, possible day to do it, too. There was so much going on in the brew house. It yeah, was, we were just swamped back there. We were trying to, like, get two tanks clean, like, trying to transfer another batch into kegs. And, it, like, I ended up wasting, like, an hour and a half just trying to get the right level of stuff in this. And I just couldn't dial it in. It, this was the I way doing? we were. It was just the way we were trying to do it. It was yeah. just totally ass backwards. It's and stupid. It was pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, we ended up dumping. And then a it didn't even kegs. work out. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> terrible. So we ended up just dumping a couple of kegs. We haven't had to dump a, a full batch of anything okay. yet, though. Imagine Thankfully. that's good. that's a that's a sad day. When you I'm sure it'll happen at there. some point. It'll be a total at bummer. Attention with the <laughs> saluting it as it goes down the drain. Yeah, even dumping a couple of kegs of of beer hurt. It but, hurts. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I haven't talked to too many brewers who haven't dumped at least yes. a batch. So you got to fight that feeling of like somebody would drink this. Maybe right. just maybe we just do it. Somebody'll <laughs> like it. Like no, nah, just do the right thing. Just dump a couple it. kegs. You don't want to deal with the, the rest of that. Yeah, the, especially exactly. the backlash of it. Sure. Of, you know, maybe then people look at you like, oh, you're being dishonest. You know, right. like you sold me shitty beer that you knew was shitty. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> we we don't ever want to do that. Yes. That's for sure. I'd much rather dump something down the drain than put something out that we can't get behind and be proud of. Yeah, I mean that's a, and you said it. The pretty much everybody's got a, got their story of dumping sure. some bad stuff. Even like Brandon over at Hailstorm's got his poor Vlad stories where he's <laughs> dump actual barrel aged beers down Ooh. the drain. Like, ugh, it's yeah. tough. It's a tough one. We won't know that probably for another few months at least until we start pulling uh, some samples out of our barrels. Yeah, what do you guys? When did you guys start? When did you guys put the first stuff in barrels? So it was our first batch of Imperial Stout that we had it open. Um, we put just the unadjuncted base. Would you had, call that? Well, so it most of it was first catch of the day. Right, that was, um, okay. But we took that same base and kind of dosed a few other kegs. Uh, so we had homebrew tested four different stouts. We had first catch of the day, which is coffee, maple, vanilla. We had secret burrito, which was like Mexican secret hot chocolate. Burrito. That's a cool one. I like that. It's hard to name beers. Naming beers oh, yeah. is harder than brewing Super beers, hard. I think. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, sorry, go on. Um, then we had uh, Kamoho, which was our coconut, cinnamon, vanilla, and chocolate. And then we had um, Campfire Tales, which was our s'mores one. So it was it was all the same base for the the first round. We'll probably tweak it a little bit and customize it more towards each individual beer when we okay. do like a full yeah. out release of it. Okay. But yeah, to go into the barrels, it was just the unadjuncted base of those beers. So we had a uh, three Weller bourbon by Buffalo Trace uh, barrels. So we just got two more of them too. So the next batch of stuff that we do, we'll fill up. A, we're going to try and fill up a couple barrels every time we do it. In we probably filled it up in late February. Yeah, I think saying? it was on the twenty sixth or something, if I remember correctly. That's been one of my favorite conversations. Not not even just on the on the podcast. I feel like I've I've not done a good job of covering that part of things uh, on the show itself. But like in conversation with friends and and you know people that you meet at tap rooms and stuff uh, i think there's this big i don't call it a misconception like a misunderstanding i guess of how uh adjunct st- mm-hmm. stouts and and also barrel aged stouts work you know uh i did a great episode with mike shalu from pipeworks strong mike and he he did some he gave me some great information on barrel aging and using coffee and things like that but i think the time frame for those things is is like lost on the consumer how it works like and you mentioned a couple times the base stout Mm -hmm. you know we took the base stout so you're making a stout you're making a base stout and that thing is treated down the road right um so so how how is that i mean i feel bad because you haven't done it yet really but i mean you have to adjunct. i I know the process you had to adjunct your stouts you know obviously like so you're brewing 
a a basic straight up what it would be a Russian imperial double like, or yeah, would it be I, like an American style? Like, I always think with like Russian imperials, I always think like more roasty and okay. you know. So I, I so what would you classify your base as? Just like, a imperial stout or a double stout or yeah, something. Yeah. But I mean, that's probably getting into semantics, I guess. Over, yeah, it. but like it's yeah. but at any rate, I, it's just it's a big ass. Stout. Yeah, stout. <laughs> Big yeah. ass stout should be the style Big name. Ass stout, bitch. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so you want to you add your adjuncts and your flavorings, all that stuff, as late in the process as you can. Because now, now, are those processes at the end, like when, you, when you're adding those things, are those varying? Is there like one way to do it? Or is there like all these ways you're like, oh, maybe we'll impart it better if we do it timing-wise this way? Or like it's all in the... It's not like you're throwing coffee in the kegs, you know, and, and right. then sending them out, like, right. you know, that kind of thing. So so how are you imparting that? Those These things are being brewed. They're sitting in a fermenter, you mm-hmm. know, uh, for three weeks? I mean, how, how long are you? For, like, a big, strong imperial, you have three weeks to a month is kind of what we give it. Um, you want to add the adjuncts as late in the process as you can because... In the fermenter? In the fermenter, yeah. Okay. So we would, like, for the barrel-age stuff, we would pull it out of the barrels for, you know, we're probably going to let them sit like a year or something. We will pull it out of the barrels, put it in a bright tank, um, which is where the beer is carbonated and conditioned. And there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. You can add those flavorings right in the, the bright tank. You know, you put like a bag of coffee or something in there, or, you know, a, a vanilla beans in there in a bag. Or um, I think how we, d- we did ours with uh, the first round of stouts we did was we ended up filling uh, three corny kegs, okay. so homebrew kegs, with the beer and with the adjuncts. So we would, you know, cut up, like for a secret burrito, we cut up three different kinds of chili peppers and put them in a bag and put three, you know, filled up three corny kegs with the base and then let it sit for a week and then jumped that into a half barrel keg to serve it. So you took 15 gallons or whatever of it. Right. And, and then it. imparted those 15 gallons into right. the 10, uh, how, how, the 20 barrel batch of the stout. So, yeah, well, and uh, doing it in a, a large batch would probably suck really bad okay. doing it that way. So for like first catch, which is in our 20 barrel fermenter now, uh, right before we transfer it to the bright tank, we'll put um, all the coffee that we're going to put in there right in the fermenter. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, the maple will add to the bright tank. The vanilla will add to the bright tank. Um so basically, the later in the process you can do it, the more you're going to preserve those flavors. So you're not like blowing the packaging, right? Yeah, it's that's it or the fresher it's going to taste. Yeah. Then and you're you're just going to lose less of it because when you transfer beer from the fermenter to the bright tank, you know you're going to have to vent the bright tank, and uh, you'll lose some of the aroma and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. just basically, the later in the process you can do all that kind of stuff, the better you're going to get it in the final product. Yeah, which we can tie into the fruited sours and things like uh, that when you're late packaging you know <laughs> pack, right. your late additions and packaging and keeping cold and drinking fresh and right. all that so all that jazz. Bombs, yeah. all that fun yeah. stuff yeah. yeah those are fun yeah quick uh, psa so for anyone delicious. who drinks our acid rainbow fruited sours keep them cold if you bring a crawler of it home yeah. do not let it warm up if you live an hour away from here and you come to get a crawler make sure you bring maybe a cooler or something insulated with or don't you. go shopping on a 90 yeah. degree day with yeah, that in your trunk unless you want not your to be an to asshole be, right. not trying to be an asshole no, about it no. just like you know we're all pretty like if you're educated if if you're in the mood for that and you know about fruited sours then you probably have enough education in the beer world to sure. know that uh 
warmth can do things to certain beers and right. you know but but technically to to explain to people that might you know they might be into beer or that flavor is just awesome it just happened mm-hmm. to catch them the color catches yep. people a lot i think when yep, they see absolutely. it it's like and they're like oh what's that you know but you know just know that and, and you know it's it's hard to put it all on the consumer and say like know this all sure you know? right. but you know they, that can what basically would I would you say like reactivate the yeast? It's sugar that can be yeah, goes through a yeah. fermentation. Mm-hmm. The yeast is like, right. ooh, what's up? Like I'm still here. And right, and it wakes up when it gets here. warm, and let's go. Yeah, because it's ready to ready to hit that fruit sugar. We remind everyone when they buy one too. So right. yeah. if you forget, do not worry. We will we will let, let you know. know. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry to go back to the stouts, and then you're at you know adding adjuncts. So like. Uh, uh, what size are the, the bright tanks first of all? Well, we've got so two 10 barrel brights. We've got one 20 barrel bright. Oh, okay. Okay. So that, 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 those are often referred to as like the finishing tanks. Kind yeah, of. sure. I mean, uh, do you have unit tanks? Are, the, are, are they all jacketed, the uh, fermenters in that? Or we they? can. We can use them as unit tanks. So um, you just prefer not to? Or right. Since we have the bright tanks, we'd much rather. So like we'll, we'll dump all the yeast and hops and just crap out of the bottom of the fermenter when we transfer it over the bright tank. But our bright tank also has a racking arm, meaning like it's got like a dip tube on it, you know, that doesn't go all the way down to the bottom. I don't know what that means. So it's got like a, where like it pulls the beer out of. Dip tube. Isn't like right at the bottom of it. So like it gives the stuff in the beer like another chance to settle out under where it pulls the beer from. So it almost acts, not not a filter, but it just, it lets us get the cleanest, clearest beer or just not a clear beer if we're doing a hazy, but just like the cleanest beer. beer out of the tank into the kegs. So we, we don't want to come out of the fermenter just because it misses a step and we might still get like hot particulate or some other junk into the kegs and we don't want that. Just make sure you name a beer dip tube. I feel like I've never seen that before. No. Dip tube, you have to check on tap. Maybe somebody's already got it. That's that's my usual procedure for naming beer. Dip Has tube, this been yeah. taken on untapped yet? Dip tube seems like a good name for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. What it's style not, would that be? That, that's a good question. I mean... I've, my instinct is always hazy, bro. But, you know, <laughs> that's just the world I'm living in right now. I'm always up for names, man. Uh-huh. Like I said, it, naming the beer is harder than brewing the beer. I feel like I we should just put out a contest right now. Name the next Riverlands beer. I'm in. Uh, That'll I'm work. In. Yeah. Uh, that's, that, oh, that'd be fun. That always works out would, so well for other people who do that contest. You know, when yeah. they have like a space shuttle named yeah. some nonsense. Always works out like perfectly. That, right? Yeah. Never goes, never backfires <laughs> on the people ever. Yeah. They were releasing their floppy dick IPA. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It's going to be <laughs> cum shot cream stout. Right. So yeah. The possibilities are endless. You guys asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted. Uh-huh. Are you not entertained? Yes, exactly. The internet has it always wins. It always wins. Undefeated. Um, yeah, so hashtag uh, name Riverlands beer. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta help us all. <laughs> that would be great. There's not enough Jeremy's people. Gonna that, love not us. enough people <laughs> that listen to this are, are going are to bother. No. <laughs> So yeah, the, the adjuncting and in, in, uh, timing and stuff, I guess, it, you know, I think people have this picture of like, oh, they, they're putting like, uh, whatever, coffee right in the mash, maybe, you know, like right at the mm-hmm. beginning, which, which, you know, we've seen chocolate cake and things go right sure. in, right into people's mashes and in that. But for the most part, when you're talking about adjuncting and you're talking about your, what, like who are your main culprits? Coconut, coffee. Yeah, cinnamon, uh, cinnamon vanilla, vanilla, cocoa nibs. You know, most most of those super go. affordable vanilla beans. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> even even the extracts. So we'll we use both. Yeah, and even the should. extracts expensive. Yeah, like, you know, all of it's expensive. It's 
As much as we all like to think we have integrity and we want real vanilla beans, when you taste that one with a little extract, you're like, this is better. (laughs) (laughs) It just tastes more like asshole sweet goodness. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, Chicago just has that sweet tooth, man. Our our market, we're we're into it. We're into sweet stuff. I mean, not that nobody else is too, but I find that, you know, in our our market, we tend to lean towards that sweeter side on on everything for the Mm -hmm. most part. Um, What are your guys' kind of, uh, I don't know, do you have like, quick goals here like what's coming up but not not your long term obviously you want to make great beer and do all that but like what what you guys have stuff that you're looking at already month month in saying for like, sure we yeah, need to tighten this up we need to tighten that up like what's what's kind of the the thought process getting stuff in cans is our our immediate goal in, in distro in general yeah i feel like you guys are Organizing speaking from the other side that sounds like the consumer they're like our goal for you <laughs> is to put your beer in cans right. and get it to me in 16 ounce vehicles yeah. <laughs> they will be in 16 ounce vehicles we promise yeah. um but want, yeah, you don't want that backlash. No, no, absolutely. No Twelve one, ounces no are for 12. fucking idiots. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we we want to get cans out as soon as we can. We've been talking to a, a mobile canner, and um, hopefully that should be coming up pretty soon. Uh, I won't say a date yet, just because it's always up in the air whether you know it'll happen right. or not. But hopefully um, soon. Hopefully very soon. And we've got plans to try and get that out like once a month or something like you know three weeks once a month as as often as we can really. Um, so that's that's our biggest like do this right away kind of thing. Otherwise, we're we're always tweaking recipes, just trying to make sure that everything gets it exactly where we want it. And I feel like we we got off to a strong start, but just because we did that doesn't mean we're like happy where everything is. We want to make sure that we want to are con- you know constantly like dialing stuff into the, the best we can get it. I mean, from the consumer side and from the people that I've spoke with that have tasted it, from my own personal experience, uh, from people I trust that have had it. Um, you guys, like you said, you you did come out swinging pretty hard, and you did you did nail nail a few things. Like, do you guys see that from your perspective, or from your perspective, is it harder to kind of like see like we did a good job, or harder to let yourself think that you did a good job? I know you're not resting on it. And no, like, well, we're I good. am. Like, you know. I'm like hypercritical of myself. So unless like I I know exactly how a beer should taste in my head. So unless like it hits that spot on, I'm always like, what can we do to get it closer to what I wanted it to be? Um, but we, you know, I, like I said, I look on untapped pretty frequently. Um, so I'm, I see that people are, are pretty positive about things so far, which is, which is awesome. Like I get super excited about that. Um, I would, I would say we haven't had much time to soak in or react to a lot of this stuff too. No. Initially it was Eric, myself and Jeremy as the employees mm-hmm. of the place. So bringing my brother on, he's been able to really kind of help take care of distribution, stuff like that, handle that. And it's, we were spreading ourselves a little thin. Uh, yeah. Seems to be a common story. Yeah. <laughs> you guys' lines of work. Sure. I never knew You're what I was going to, to do when I came in. all the fucking costs you can right, to make right. cool beer happen. Well, yeah, we were absolutely. still dealing with contractors and the architects after opening, too. So, I mean, and we're still just, dealing with contractors. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, was, I felt like I was getting pulled in every direction and wasn't doing the things I was supposed to be doing. And uh, he needed to brew. Jeremy needed to get this going. So, I was kind of the... What, whatever pops up kind of guy. And then when my brother came on, it, it's helped significantly. Him and I are now dividing a lot of the administration, officing, things like that. <laughs> officing. <laughs> Doing the office. Hashtag officing. Yeah. Well, you gotta Is have that of your name office. yet? Is that, <laughs> that, that should be. That, uh, officing. Right. That's got to be like your fucking after work crusher right there. Yeah, yeah. The oh, one yeah. you can right. have a lunch break and yep, drink a couple absolutely. of them before you go back to work. If you're not officing, right. you're not right. doing it right. You got to do the officing. You got an office. Office hard, bro. <laughs> but I, I would say you're kind of asking about 
kind of finding our way and stuff it's i think finally in the last week probably is yeah. when we've finally been able to do that to a certain extent sure everyone kind of had to fit into their their role and figure out like here's what we need you to do the most to make this thing run as smooth as we can yeah, and that's that, all the stuff you got to figure you don't really know how that's all going to fly until you know oh, the yeah. doors are open and you've got flow going and, and all that so a lot of flow. Got to feel the flow. Got to feel the flow. I personally it. hate the paperwork in the office scene. Oh, the, the, the office scene is the worst. Beer. Right. I mean, the office scene no. beer is great. Office beer is great. But yeah, I, I can't stand that stuff. So having my brother come in has been fantastic for that. Yeah. So so basically Free that freed you up to assist in brewing. Like, Pretty much. Yeah. That's, it's such that's a weird, the ongoing like, joke. Like you, I, right, when, you, when you guys started, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been doing that. Like what was your system like at home? Like your basic, that was the what we talked about the value burner type, like yep. you know. So when we that started was at five off, gallon batches, always yeah. did you ever go deeper than that? Well, like, so when we when we like started talking about this for real, like when this actually became like, hey, we're gonna really try to do this thing. We bought like a two thousand dollar. We all chipped in and pulled our money together and bought like a two thousand dollar homebrew setup with pumps and hoses and all that fun brew stuff. Magic or something. Like that. It was no. uh, like the Mega Pot by Northern Brewer, I think. <laughs> And uh, we just tried to mimic like a professional process as best Still as we Still five gallon batches though? No, we moved up to 12 gallon, 12, uh, 10 gallon 10 batches. Gallon batches. Yeah. So like 12 gallons in the fermenter and get 10 out, you know. Um, and just trying to mimic the process as close as we could because, you know, I did some like job shadowing at, at Moore. Um, you know, Sean and John, those guys are awesome. They helped me out and uh, let did both me Did you say Sean, John? Sean, awesome. John. Yeah, yeah. Sean Shout out to Sean Diddy. John. No. <laughs> Like they I never put that together, but John, Sean, Sean John? you know, I know John and Sean pretty well. John, right. John's still killing it over at Mark. John's kicking, awesome, kicking man. ass, and now Phase Three is upon us. So, yep. both those guys were were super cool uh, about letting us come and hang out and kind of showing us the, you know, they, they had a ten barrel system or have a ten barrel system at Moore. So like it's some, you know pretty similar to what we've got here. So it was super cool being able to learn from those guys. But you know, I was only there a little while. Just when I was working full time, I'd like take days off from work and go hang out. And How did you work that out? How, like, what, I had what was the that coolest. I had like? the coolest boss ever. Basically, no, no, not that, not that, that part. Oh, also, I, I'd like okay. to talk about that too. But like, <laughs> how the hell did you even set that up? Like, how did you know Sean or John or like, how did you Sonny and Sean's, Perry? Did you no, just go Sean's them just or a like, super cool guy. He, uh, yep. I <laughs> went into Ram to get cans of Juicy the first time they can that beer. Sounds like a bad beer. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. And then uh, my wife and I, I think, went in there maybe like a week later to get it, or however long later. It was still on tap, and we uh, were drinking it at the bar. And Sean was there, and I think I had just checked it in on a tap and gave it like five stars or something like that. I'm sure. And he kind of looked and looked over and went, oh, "Hey, you know, give me a wave from across the bar." And from there, like uh, I probably friend requested on tap because I was a big fanboy. Yeah, oh, here we go. <laughs> So like he so, like, would this you creep know, at the bar friend request right yeah. so that's basically how this stall started as I was just a creep on untapped to Sean so yeah. um, I'm a fellow fanboy so I'm relating so. sure so we would like chat here and there on untapped um, and then I went in probably a week after more opened and was just looking at the equipment because we were thinking about going with the same company that he had at more. And he was up on the platform, and he's like, "You want to come back and take a look?" He go like he looked at me. He's like, "Oh, you're that homebrew and untapped, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me. Sure." Yeah, you're gonna be All like, right. he was on the deck, and he looked so dazzling. Well, I, well, I mean, he did. Don't get me wrong, for attracted sure. Attracted me to go talk to him. But uh, I, I told him like, you know, we were trying to get something going, and he asked if I had any professional experience, and I'm like, no. So he's like, "Well, you know, if you 
can get here. I can't pay you anything, but you know, if you want to come and, and hang out while we brew, I can kind of show you. So like just seriously out of the like kindness of his heart, he, you know, they had us come hang out and watch him brew and take notes and all that fun stuff. So was, did John, a, was John back there too at that time? John had no, John not was working like the kitchen, yet. I think. Or yeah. Something. John had not quite started yet. By the time we actually like did it, John was just starting. So he was kind of like training John, which was really cool. Cause he was showing John all like that beginner stuff that we had no brewing. idea about. Right. So like <laughs> we got to listen in on him training as assistant right. brewer. Yeah, so it was like, makes you sense. know, yeah. it was super helpful for us. I was going to say that's gotta be a good thing. Yeah. Right. But getting back to the homebrew setup, like, we tried to mimic the process with our small system as best as we could to the pro yeah. system while we were kind of following with Sean and John at Moore. Uh, Taking days off like an irresponsible asshole. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just leaving my office short so I could go, you know, drink beer and brew. So many people went to jail because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I could have saved them all, but Jesus. Yep. yep. Damn you. <laughs> you, let, you let everybody down, Eric. I know. I, this interview is over. We're done. <laughs> Disappointed in you. Uh, no, that's that's pretty uh, cool to see. Like that. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that attracts me to the industry as it is. Yeah. It's just that kind of like selflessness that you can experience. I mean, I know not everything's perfect. Not every industry right. does everything the right way, and it's not you know, falalala happiness all the time. But that's pretty cool to have that story to say like these. He didn't. He didn't have to do that. Like, no, no nobody has to do with these super some of these things that people right. do. You know. Yeah, and uh, shout out to. I feel like uh, he gets brought up probably on just about every one of your podcasts. DeBrando, oh, down at Workforce. Uh, that's God. where we bought all of our ingredients for the longest time. And, it's so funny how, um, how many people just like yeah. how much like it's important and, how, and as great as Workforce is, the medals they've won, all oh, the stuff sure. that they do. He spawned more great beers just by being there, yep. you know, than, yeah. than anyone. So, you know, like running stuff by him and kind of talking to him about the process of getting going to like Brando was, was a big help for sure. Yeah. He's like the Papa bear Hallis or something like <laughs> totally. he's, he's just, yeah, he's the, the, the kind of rock for everyone. Every brewers had, had a story like where yep. I, I didn't have this and I Brando had it, whether yep. it comes from Chicago brew works or it was just from his private stores that, you know, yeah, I don't <laughs> take that bag of flaked oats. That's cool. Uh-huh. You know, whatever. Like, are oh, you trying to brew a hazy and you forgot to get flaked oats? Okay. <laughs> We got that for you, yep. you know, whatever you need. So that, that's good. It's, it's always good to hear that. He seems like some sort of, I feel like in 30 years, there's going to be like statues of him. And there should <laughs> and be. Breweries. Yep. I feel like every brewery should just have uh-huh. his portrait on the wall. With the, that ponytail and, some, and a tie-dye shirt on. <laughs> yeah. That's, those guys, those guys are, uh, they come up a lot. They come yeah. up a lot. Yep. So everybody's got that kind of connection to them. Yeah. The, the fact that people go out of their way and I, I don't see you go out of his way. Sean's just probably brewing his beer at more mm-hmm. like you would and you get to watch. Right. But I was like, just awkwardly again, hovering, you know, you don't have to do that. <laughs> right. You know, no, it's, it's cool, man. I'll, I'll always, uh, always be grateful to those guys, uh, and Sonny and Perry and, you know, like John and, uh, and Evan too, you know, like everyone. Oh, don't bring Evan up. Evan, <laughs> Evan can suck one. No, no, I'm just kidding. He's the best. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. just, they're awesome guys. And, uh, like we definitely, Definitely want to throw a shout out to them and say thank you for, you know, hosting us there numerous times over the course of, like, for me, I think a year and a half, 
you know, I would take a day here and there and come and hang out and they, you know, they would, uh, just That's stuff awesome. that I never yeah. would have thought of, like make sure there's back pressure in your brake tank when you're transferring. So you're not just like <laughs> rocketing beer at a hundred miles an hour no? into the tank. You know, it's just stuff like, unless you've seen it in action yeah. that you just wouldn't know coming up as a home brewer. So, uh, yeah, thank you to those guys. And that kind of, you know, what you're saying, that kind of showed out and the, the the support and the community that, that's that been built in this kind of, even like in Chicagoland, the suburbs especially, you know, but, you know, opening, you know, night, John, John, Evan, they're all here. Yep. They're all here for you guys on the, on the industry night, just having a good time. I met, yeah. I met like a, a lab guy from Goose. Joey. Brought, yeah, yeah, Joey's Joey, awesome. You brought in a crowler of like uh, the Girl Scout, you know, like uh-huh. Mint, uh, Bourbon County. You know, it was, just, it was really cool. Like I said, Mike from Triptych, Mike Miller, just like, oh, yeah, you should come to this yep. thing. Like, like best decision I made in a long time. Sure. <laughs> Say like, yeah, I think I will go to St. Charles on a yep. Thursday night. Why not? You know, Mike was probably one of the very first people we talked to. Yeah. Because um, I think like as long right as it wasn't Anthony, because Anthony would have talked you out of opening. The he brewery. tried. He tried. No, he tried <laughs> He's for sure. The best. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I love him, man. <laughs> we, uh, He's just so. He's a Legitimately honest person. Yeah, like, he was. We well, we went down and there. He makes really good fucking beer. He sure does. <laughs> they had, I think, just started making Dank Meme. I want to say it was around we, that time. But we went down there. Dave was living in Champagne at the time, and you know he worked at the Binnies down there, and he knew Mike well from from that. I had three friends, and he was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do me a favor. Keep the side note. Push. Keep pushing Mike to to start his podcast. He's got this podcast idea for pro wrestling and i want him to do it because i think he'd be great we've right? got a oh yeah that's why we got a beer coming out called even flow ddt yes. and that's uh that that's my favorite yoga? wrestler raven his yoga that's that his doing uh now? you doing the yeah. ddt yoga right. no. <laughs> oh. that's our pro wrestling nod i was a big yes. nerd anyway uh but no mike we we talked to him a lot we talked to anthony we went down to triptych and brought a couple of our beers one of them was like an english dark mild and the other we did a milkshake yeah we oh that's weird we, we went. We just didn't have the right beers from one to, to the other. Right, right. <laughs> right. But it was well, like the first beer I ever had from them was a vanilla, vanilla milkshake, or you know, it was like a meme. It was a meme. I can't. What the hell was it? I don't know what they call them. Yeah, they were like sure. a, it was like a vanilla meme milkshake. Uh huh. And well, yeah. So like we we went down there and um, we talked to Anthony, and I I think Anthony was feeling pretty good, and he came over oh. and and was talking to us, and was just like. He was cool, man. Like he, he was, he was awesome. Like, yeah, I'm not oh, he, was to, all, he is awesome. right. But he was just kind of like, do you really want to do this? Right. Just trying to sort of try to talk us out of it. And at the end, was just like, I hope I wasn't trying to talk you guys out of it. I'm like, that's what you're doing for the best. <laughs> you tour. know how many people he's done right. that? I've, I've heard so many stories of like, you know, and he's tried to talk us out of it because I get it though. Like he, right. he's gone through all these things, sure. and, and he's like, I want to give you all the information. Right. Like, well, you know, and everything. It makes sense because like, there's a lot, you know, that when you're a home brewer coming up and wanting to do this, like you don't think about get this wide-eyed like i can fucking do you get confidence right. too you sure get that, like really like cocky not cocky but like that really like i have faith that i can right. do this and you know most of these most of these guys and you i'm sure you fall under this umbrella are very hard-working people that are mm-hmm. you know that it's they're very self-motivated and very you know entrepreneurial almost and you know you have that task and you complete it and mm-hmm. so i think and Anthony should know this, you know, like the hard-headed people don't tend to, you know, buckle to to too much advice. You take right. it in, you know, you right. absorb it, and but you like, you know, you have that confidence, right? And then you hit those spots where it takes you down a little bit, takes you down, then you build back from that. Sure, you know, and, and it was really it was more of a reality check than anything else. Just like if you're gonna do this, make sure you know what you're doing. Don't yeah. put out some half-ass product. Like it was, it was a, you know, 
well, if you're going to do it, make sure this beer can like win medals or otherwise right. no one's going to care. Anthony, we had one of the private investors. We had yeah. Mike Miller. I mean, we had a little bit of everything coming at us that evening too. So, right. I mean, we were getting a little bit of the whole picture. That's crazy, yeah. right? It was cool though. It, like it was, it was an eye opening thing and, um, but it's motivating too. Like, you know, it's cool talking to these guys and knowing that, yeah, we're going to push on and we're going to. We're gonna do this. I had a blast talking to him when we did their episode. We did their episode on a Sunday. Uh, they did their beer, uh, beer and sausage festival, mm-hmm. and they had just kind of opened the new space across the street to the public. So we did it like right before the festival started. So I think it was like a four to seven on a Sunday type thing. And he he literally he paid for my hotel room to stay out there so I could have a good time with them. Yeah. And so we got there. I got there early, twelve, one o'clock. We started the podcast. The three of us or four of us sat there as Mike, uh, Luke, and and Anthony. And we were in the new space with like the caterers are around us, like getting the sausage and all that thing, you know, the, the German style stuff, get, yep. getting ready. And we're like two hours in, and I'm just like, oh, I know he's got this big festival. There's people already lined up, ready to get ready to come into the festival. It was like or maybe three to seven or something. It must have been like two forty. And there's people lined up there, and and he's still going. And mm-hmm. I'm like looking at him like, we, we can stop whenever you want. And he's like, Mm-mm, we keep going. His staff is like gathered around like, uh-huh. come on, like we're about to open the <laughs> we, doors. We and he's you. like, he's just like, nope, <laughs> I'm still going. And like we, we had such a blast. Like we could have gone all night. And then we get done. Bitterman's there. Again, of we'll wrap it back to John right. Bitterman. Yep. And I had known John. John John's uh, been been awesome since I started the podcast. He was one of the first people that people were like, you need to talk to this guy. You need to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. He knows everything. So we, Anthony's got me and Bitterman, and they cl- the festival stopped at seven. He's like, no, no, we're going to go across the street to the old place. And we're going to sit down, and he's, he takes us in the cooler, and he's got all these different uh, like I, this, I, he basically stores every beer that he has, warm and cold. Like every beer he's ever made, or like now he and he just tests, tests, tests. So he is like this guy that's kind of pushing for these things. Like he's probably on the extreme side, Mm -hmm. but got younger guys and guys that are like you know that are starting to build up, build up, build up. Have some of the resources and they can start trying some of this stuff at a lighter level. He's more extreme. He's trying it all. Like this Camp Wakanda was stored warm this one was cold it's how many months old let's taste it here taste it there so he's really like digging into some of the science stuff and i think that's really cool that, that he does that uh on a level to kind of help other people out so he's sure, like, it's awesome it's awesome to get that kind of knowledge yeah and it's something like for you guys it's not really attainable right now right. like right now you guys are you get to, you gotta get this stuff going and then down the road when you hit that that patch maybe you look down to anthony and say hey like what were you doing then let's try. we want right. to try that we want to kind of like play but i feel like that's uh it's beyond brewer and brewery owner he, what he's doing. You know, yep, he's yeah. trying to like, he's trying to help a whole community, whether he knows it or not. Like he may not, he may just be thinking, I'm just work, work, looking out for triptych doing this stuff. But at the same time, he's kind of helping other people like bring that to the forefront of their mind. Like, well, how does this affect it? Like there's places that don't have coolers and stuff right. that I'm shipping my beer out to. I mean, is that stuff that you guys are already thinking about or is that kind of like, that's so. Oh I, no. Every time it? we talk about where we're going to send cans, once we have cans, like who can get us in a cooler versus who's going to like, just, it's going to be sitting warm on a, mm-hmm. a shelf, you know? Yeah. And we, that's especially with the, the hazy IPAs. Cause that's probably what will get out more than anything else, you know, in cans, especially right away. It's definitely the move. Right. right. Um, we feel it just probably best represents who we are and stuff like that. But we, we want to make sure that the beer is taken care of properly and it's not just going to sit there for a while and, and sit there warm. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a consideration. Ten stack in the middle of the floor of 
eighteen hundred other beers. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you guys, if you guys are putting out a, you know, hundred cases or something of a hazy IPA, it's not going to last long. But they, right now, you right now <laughs> right. you guys are in that spot. You right. know, it's a, it's right. a good spot. I mean, you, know, you look at places like Trillium and Treehouse have kind of stuck to that. Like, you come to us and get the beer sure. four fifty. You come. I mean, they have some distro, mm-hmm. but the main stuff you're releasing you're coming to us but i mean to put your guys's beer out in the market you're going to be sitting along places like phase three and places like hot butcher and you know you're going to be looking at that kind of similar distribution model and that Mm -hmm. so i mean i think you won't have to worry about that now but you know down the road if you if you guys do intend to grow and you know you're putting a lot of stuff out in the market you're going to be in binnies and stuff like that and uh, local liquor stores it's always a challenge to kind of like who's taking care of their beer who's you know right. rotating who's moving it around i mean right now you guys aren't gonna have to think about that you no. guys beer's gonna hit the shelf and it's gonna be gone in a day you know it's it, it's well and, and to that point too we want to make sure that like our growth is organic that we don't try and go crazy and like saturate a market with you right. know a certain kind of beer that there's already enough of that kind of beer like i know there are a lot of people making haz- uh, hazies and stuff like that but um we just we want to make sure once we get to the point like that we're getting to those right liquor stores. Well, sure, there might be a lot of hazy IPAs, but they're going to push ours and they're going to, you know, keep it cold and, and, and try to spread the love too. Right. Try to get it in multiple places instead of work with just a few p- accounts. We mm-hmm. want people to be able to access it all over Chicagoland, if possible. Yeah, there's so many different ways to approach it too. I mean, I, and I don't know what's right and what's wrong, but it's like I've seen, you know, some of these bigger breweries that are starting to come into the Chicago market from outside. You know, like uh, for example, like Equilibrium's coming into the market now and they've oh, built goodness. this nice. name uh, and I think next week, Iron and Glass is getting like an exclusive drop from them. Okay. Oh, wow. But they're, they're, like, some of these methods these guys coming from outside uh, they're coming through AJ Macca distributor Awesome guys, first of all. Oh uh, yeah, Alan, Alan, Mark over there. They just like Love super. Al. They're just I've been like trying super to get all over here. I don't yeah. know what's going. Al, if you're out there. Yeah, he's. I mean, just like, they're, <laughs> the, they're some of the like the most legitimate, like just beer guys. They're just yeah. beer guys. You know, they love beer itself. Uh, so it's not like just driven by the money and all that stuff. But anyways, what they're bringing in these great breweries like Equilibrium. They brought in Superstition Meads. You know, all that stuff that's coming in the market, but. Equilibrium's taking this route of like, all right, we want to dump a bunch on one person, you know, mm-hmm. like so, hundred and something cases or whatever to to this this specific store, and then you see the other side of it where it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know, it didn't start out like this, but now you can get hot butcher in so many places. Yep. like it's it's in Binnie's, Which it's in small. It's stores, very good. It's That's in, a very yeah, good thing. Yeah, it's good yeah. for everybody, right? <laughs> it's for, on the consumer side. It's right. great, you right. know. Hell for shout out to Ben Kramer and uh, Ron who's delivering all these cases of beer to people. They're I think those are the guys. Awesome I wonder dudes. if they're the guys who brought our. Uh, we have a, a guest tap from them on right now. Yeah. Cosmic Fountain. Cosmic Fountain. And if they were the guys who dropped that off, they were cool dudes. Ben was nice the to coolest them. guy in the world. <laughs> Love Ben. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just like it, it, there's all these different methods, and it's you know you kind of watch the market and say like what works, mm-hmm. or you talk to people. I mean that's the thing, right? You get that community that right. you talk about. Yep. Right? I mean, how how much are you guys leaning into that community? A lot. Uh, uh, I message mean, boards. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the Brewers the, Guild. Right. Like any any network right. that you can get. I well, I can't I can't count how many times I've probably texted Sean some stupid question about like, hey, well, how do I do this? And he's always super cool about answering. You know, um, Tom over at Penrose. We were just short some Columbus hops for a, a brew, and he you know sent some up to us no problem like uh jeremy's known him for for a long time yeah, jake so. was in here on uh the soft yep. opening night yep. jake brady 
I know a couple of their guys, their taproom guys, come over here and, and drink. Um, we like to go down there. I love their beer. They were the mm-hmm. first like legitimate brewery to say yes to doing the podcast. Yeah. So I have a place in my heart for them. And they're wild. Sure. They're wild. Oh, oh God, they're awesome. The bunch. Absolutely and, awesome. Uh, the, that series is incredible. Yeah. Now, if they're listening to this at some point, I, I, I told Tom this when we were just down there not too long ago. I would love to do a collab with them yeah. sometime soon. Um, they're, they're just awesome people. Yeah. Great beer. Great place. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We used to for drive sure. all the way up there to do fucking yoga for an hour. My <laughs> wife and I would go to yoga at nine thirty and have a beer, you know, like afterwards. Like that, that's, that's an hour drive. Like oh, do yeah. yoga at any bottle shop or tap room. <laughs> but it just, I don't know. I don't know. Their place is just awesome. And and like I said, Tom and Jake were incredible guests when they were on the show. Tom told me some of the best stories about like when he was working at Bud Bud, you know, for mm. AB. Uh, he's coming up to like their pilot uh, brewery, and I, I, those stories help you know me understand things down the road where it's like your initial thought is like i hate everything big beverage you know mm-hmm. maybe all that stuff but then tom like sheds this positive light on like it taught me everything man it taught me how to it gave us a pilot brewery mary bauer from lagunitas was part of that with him you know and it, it's just really cool to see all these different perspectives and take it all in um in this area where you guys are at now it's like you can go to court or up to Tom's place, uh, Penrose. Now you have David Files has been in killing it in Batavia with Energy City. Yep. I mean, you he was just in know. here a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. Came to check the place yeah. out. I, I love Energy City beer. That's yeah, that stuff's too. awesome. Mm-hmm. Try that raspberry one yet? No, Ooh, not yet. Oh, it's good. Yes. I had their Neapolitan stout, though, That's great. Uh, which was killer. That beer was awesome. Yeah, he's one of the most interesting people I've ever talked to in the world. And he's just, he's just, he's just a cool very dude. smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You can just tell that guy is is very intelligent. Uh, talking to him and his wife, Heidi. Heidi, right? Yep. Heidi, yeah. They uh, um, were in here both and, and just awesome people. Yep. Just good people. That's all. And they, they, like, especially when I first found them, it was a, just a cool situation they were in. You mm-hmm. know, they were doing this once a month for four hours on a Saturday morning, people lining up out the door. Yeah. Now he's I've been distributing, obviously, and getting beer out into the market. It's a different world now, but but it was really cool when I found him in what, January, like, 2018. It's mm-hmm. like, you, you got to drive up to Batavia and stand in the line outside this little, right down the Fox River and wait for beer. I'm like, this was a cool thing. Sure. it's It's cool to have watched them grow. Uh, so n- what's next for you guys? Are you thinking canning is kind of the next like milestone? That's getting, uh, yeah, that's like a, where our in the immediate future sites are at right yeah. now. Absolutely. Um, we've got another, you know, it kind of our balancing act that we're trying to achieve right now is how often do we rebrew a beer that people seem to dig versus how much do we keep pumping out new beer? You know, we've got probably 10 to 12 hazy IPA recipes and we've only touched on you know, five or six of them so far. Right. It's like, how often do we bring back, you know, people loved Murky Waters, our mm-hmm. Citra Mosaic IPA that we had at Open. So that's back in the tank right now. Um, We've also noticed we have a lot of re- repeat customers. So it's almost like we want to put new, fresh, yeah. different recipes on, but we also want to, we're still growing. We're still going right. to have new people. We want them to be exposed to our silt, murky, all that. Right. That's a tough balance. It though, is. Because, you know, I look at it from the taproom perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like... Yeah, that that variation, but the, you're also getting, like you said, you're getting return customers, and it's like they might be returning because they want that beer again. Exactly. But right. then if you look at it from the outside, if you're talking about cans down the road and getting stuff out of the market, that's the one that, that model seems to work of just throw some new shit, throw some new, you know, new right. IPA, new IPA, new IPA. It's like, right. you know, once you build that kind of reputation, 
uh, and then repeat down the road. But uh, it's it's weird balance because you know all that beer is being brewed in the same place one one way or another. You don't get to brew the canned beer here and then they uh, they draft beer right, here and right. decide how that schedule works out and yep. how the timing works out of all of it. So um, I think that's something you guys have, you guys. It's not a set thing yet, you right, know. It's not right. a market that's been like solidified on either end of it. So it's you just feel it out until it works for yep. you guys. And everything everything is always going to be up in the air kind of like we don't you know we had the beer that we thought were you know gonna be our not that there's really flagships anymore or anything like that i mean you know not not a lot right it's no it is but like what we thought might sell the best isn't what necessarily will sell the best like our our kettle sour acid rainbow um, probably sold the best out of anything and i knew people would like it but i didn't know like kind of blew us away yeah i mean the the positive feedback we got on that beer was just unreal so we murky had waters a, was the same way yeah murky waters was killer we, we thought we thought so right. would blow everybody away but murky waters yeah, everybody kind of stole the show and yeah, then murky water I, I, that was my that's one i left with that I, I thought was my favorite but but that was good it was interesting too to have the conversation with you about silt and you know we covered that yeah. earlier but uh, drink the new batch that's yeah. that's Can't what wait. i would have put out there to everybody Can't who wait. might listen to this come back in even if you've had that beer before uh mm-hmm. and that's not to say i didn't like the first batch of it because yeah. i wouldn't have put it out if i didn't think it was good but this new batch is gonna smoke the first one I that think. was the fun thing about you know that whole that whole situation is just you know you, you get people to try you know try it again it's fun it's fun about beer to not you want consistency in some ways, but you don't want consistency all right. the time. It's a very weird situation you find yourself in. It's like some of my favorite things are tasting the variation from batch to batch, mm-hmm. but only so many people are so kind of privy to that situation. So it's right. like in- inconsistency can be perceived in two different ways. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's fun and experimental, and I love the fact that you're not resting on this. And some people are like, "Well, I want it to taste the same every time." You sure, know? Like that's. It's it's got to be a weird balance on your guys' end. Like, how do we do this? I'm hoping since we're you know only a month and a half or not even a month and a half open that we'll get some leeway on that. You know, because we're still definitely dialing in our our New England IPAs. Um, I like where they all were for the opening round, but I know we can even take it up a notch from where where that was. You know, uh, like we had kind of talked about a little bit beforehand. We're trying to balance like how much hops do we use in the kettle, how much do we use in the dry hop, and we're so kind of figuring out the best balance for what we're trying to achieve here. Um, so Murky Water is the new batch that we just brewed, Silt, the new batch that we just brewed, and for anyone who's had Skeleton Revival, our rye New England IPA, um, we tried a couple new things with it, and we're really liking kind of the direction we're going with, with the process for that, you know, kind of balancing a little bit more hops in the kettle and a little less in the dry hop, and I think we're, we're on to something there where we like what that's doing, kind of saturating it a little bit more with hop flavor. Yeah, for the IPA so far for me, I mean, just personally, that uh, that skeleton revival, which is a rye, which I think people, you know, not everybody understands or mm-hmm. enjoys, you know, the th- or looks for a rye, but once they have it, it's like, it's a hazy IPA. Right. You're just going to get this perfect little balance of like a little touch of rye. And, yep. and it's like the rye that people 
are looking for. It's too overpowering, whatever it is, but it just balances out really nice. So that one has been a real standout for me personally. And then uh, the Stevatron that I just had here, that's a double, eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Vic Secret, Motueka, or Motueka. That's another one I never doubted. I always say Motueka right. now. That's I think what I, I used to say, say Motueka. And I feel like somebody I must like think is cool said it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it like that guy says it because it sounds cooler. And then Ella, which is a hop you don't see around a, a ton, but. Um, Anytime I've used it, I've really liked it. So yeah. we might try and feature that a little bit more going forward in, like a, in another beer. Ella, Lotus, and then like Sabro, I think, too, recently from just, I don't know, it's a very limited number of samplings mm-hmm. that I've done with these beers. I feel like those hops are really great complementary hops, you know, when they're played with like Citra, Mosaic, sure. you know, Simcoe and that kind yeah. of thing. Those big, the big dogs that I like everybody tossed around the idea of using Sabro at some point. If I can get my hands on it yeah. after trying some of the stuff Justin with Hot Butcher yeah. did with Sabro yeah. Hops, like I really want to get Sabro some. Sabro balances out so nice with yeah. other, plays really nicely with like a Citra Hop. I mean, it's just, I don't from what I can see, I'm reading the label, then associating flavor with it. Sure. And you can distinctly kind of taste Sabro in most things. Yep. Um, I've had some Sabro beers that were like you use other hops, or maybe they're not those standard hops and I've gotten weird flavors, but I don't know what it's from or mm-hmm. if it's just the brewery or if it's, there was something else that I was tasting. But like you said, Justin's been, he's been the guy that's made the Sabro hop palatable to he's, me. He's a hop I, wizard, man. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, the hop combos that those guys come up with are, mm-hmm. are killer. That's so. strata too. I mean, when they, yeah. when they stripped the milkshake off of, you know, blazed orange and you, you, I think they did, I think it was herbs and Hordo. I think they did it was straight strata. Okay. And it was just a naked, you know, New England with just strata. And I was like, yeah, this is fucking good. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, blazed orange is one thing. It's crazy. You know, it's that crazy awesome. good. It's like it's an animal all in itself now. But but to have that kind of IPA version of it just stripped down, no milk, you know, no, uh, not milk, uh, not milkshake treatment, I guess, right. to it. I was like, okay, that's that's good hop. You know, okay. and obviously, Justin knows what he's doing with it. But. Uh, the thing that we haven't really touched on, we we talked about the building itself, but the space, the build out. We talked a little bit about contractors. You guys have a fucking jaw dropping space <laughs> when you walk in. So uh, I don't know if people maybe heard in the background very briefly. We had someone walk into the building. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that no, we was were too good. We were really good about that. We did. We kind of like just played it off like, like oh, nothing's, in, nothing's going on here. Uh, that was one of our architects. He came in. He pops. He lives in the area. He pops by. That's Marty. He comes in to say hello every Marty. now and then. So he and his son Aaron were. Uh, but you're you. Did you go to high school with Aaron, Dave? Oh, I I grew up with Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I've known him since about that time. Um, and he they live. He was part of the St. Patrick's school and everything. Mm-hmm. So he grew up in the area. They've been around for a long time. Um, and they're part of an, they're architects and general contractors. And mm-hmm. I happened to bring this up on an email thread with a bunch of high school. And even, I guess, people have known longer than that. And he's like, hey, if you need. Grab your mic and just turn it at your face. So, yep, there you go. Perfect. Sorry about that. Or no, you're good, man. <laughs> Stay on the You're back. About this. You're back, dude. <laughs> um so yeah he said you know we've never done a brewery we'd like to add it to our portfolio if you need someone we'd like to be part of it and sure enough uh worked out very well for us i'd say they they took our often dumb and half-baked ideas (laughs) and turned it into a pretty killer space here imagine five people just all saying ideas that are all different and then they're supposed to combine them right <laughs> they're just like oh, oh, okay guys yeah <laughs> at some point we we'll had to say this out. only two yeah. of us are going to the meetings right. <laughs> yeah. we can't have all five of us we're, we're really overwhelming these guys right yeah. now. Yeah. 
No, they have, they did an amazing job. I have probably made Aaron lose his shit a few times. Yeah. Uh, he set up all the lighting, so I ordered the tables in for the way we did it, and I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite, I'm not quite right with this. So we, Jeremy and I actually were moving them around. Like, you know, this we can add 20 more seats if we put them this way. So I sent a text to Aaron. Said, hey man, we're gonna put a little audible on the seating. And he calls me immediately within five seconds. My phone's ringing. He's like, please don't do this to me, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I swear to God, it's gonna be great. It's gonna work out. He's like, I'll be in first thing tomorrow. For sure enough, we come in, talk, we're able to spread some stuff out. But, I mean, there were instances like that over and over and over again. Right, just last minute things like, yeah, hey, this mind. is what it's been, but what if we did this? Yeah, I don't, you know, it was just we, can we extend stupid. these lights? Can we put like a spotlight over here? I, I, you know, all these. They, they were very, very patient with us. Thank yeah. God. So, so how'd you guys, how'd you guys uh, describe it like to them when you like first meetings? You're like, we're looking for. God, uh, we like, I think rustic, the word, like, well, the word rustic, got rustic thrown around. It's the fucking, it's the way, you know, the buzzwords, right? Yeah. Rustic. Yeah. He knows but the buzzwords. Rustic with a touch of modern. Yeah. Uh, probably <laughs> is what we threw, which like is. We definitely want some recovered barnwood. Like, <laughs> right. And reclaimed uh, barnwood for sure. Right. And we probably threw like rivery feel in there, which <laughs> what, whatever the hell that means, you know. Yeah. We need some limestone. Right. Maybe a little river rock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they took our buzzwords which meant absolutely nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and then made it into something cool they just wink at you like, that's fine that's cute yeah, that you guys right. are trying <laughs> well and then every meeting we would have i mean we'd probably do at least one meeting a week we'd have some new idea like the stack stone came out of practically no i think my dad saw it on a magazine and then jason was talking about it too and yeah. they're like oh yeah that's a good idea and they figured out a way to do it uh the barnwood was another thing that i would say my dad was very adamant about and he actually was the one that went out and found the barn wood, and it, it was some barn a little a west of west of ways. Or yeah, it was way out oh, there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, not necessarily local, but still yeah. about as local as you can get for right. us for barn wood. Yeah, uh, it's like a hundred year old barn they tore down. It's yeah. pretty cool. And uh, yeah, little things like that just kind of kept popping up. And as we talked things through, every, you know, ideas just kind of grow and grow and. For anyone who's better been in, we could have imagined you know, who's been in the space you know we, we've got like corrugated steel below the barnwood all the way around that we painted black and that was a big thing like do we want to paint it black because it was in here just looking metal and we really like well i really like that look i don't know about anybody else but uh we were talking like about just leaving it as is and as i'm mid-sense saying like i think we should just leave it steel the sun reflected off of it and just blinded me basically oh, and yeah. mid-sense i'm like nope never mind this is a sign you have to yes. paint this black yeah, that's. I think the black was the way to go. Yeah. Plus, you know, now now that I'm familiar with you guys more and more, it's just this black and white logo kind of makes me attached to you guys now. It's like the black probably fits pretty well. Yeah. Like it keeps it on brand. What I would say from a you know a seasoned tap room visitor, which most <laughs> of us are now in this world, everybody visits everything they can now. It feels like it's when you look around here. It first glance is like okay, this wasn't. This wasn't like a quick mom and pop job. This was mm-hmm. a this was a really well thought out in in almost like a spare no expense type of feel to it. I mean, I know I, you probably kept the cost down, whatever, but like you got a fucking door that's like <laughs> river to, <laughs> to the brew house area. It's got the logo actually. What is it? It's cut right in there, right? Yeah, there's like a little I think a plate that they screwed on or something. But we did we so a lot of the the interior decor ideas i guess were a little scattered but i think like the overall feel of the place and the layout we 
we kind of gave them a pretty good idea of what we wanted. And it was just from visiting a lot of other tap rooms. Yeah. Like I know one of my main inspirations for uh, keeping like the brew house open and like visible to everybody was uh-huh. Noon Whistle. Cause yeah. I loved going there. Hailstorm and Noon Whistle were always my kind of yeah. like. I still haven't been to Hail, uh, Hailstorm yet. I gotta oh get there. God. What is wrong know, with you? I know. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm but, upset right now. I'm visibly <laughs> upset. No. I've met Brandon at, at the guild meetings, but I've never actually, and I love their beer. I've You're going to need been. to get over there. I will. You're going to need to make days. that a point now. Um, but I loved like the openness that Noon Whistle had. So you can see everything. You can smell everything, hear everything. Um, see Paul. See Paul. tie dye shirt and his floppy hat. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes can, it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Right. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> the smelling everything is bad. We did have someone uh, who wasn't happy about the smell of our sanitation chemicals uh, when they were here. But it's like, well, you're. It is a brewery. It is a brewery. Mm-hmm. We tend to forget some valves and and hoses keep getting sprayed all over the place. There's a lot of oh shits coming from back. Yeah, I don't Oops. think we've doused a customer yet, but or it might what happen. The fuck's <laughs> that's yeah. Well, the thing about like like when you know, I guess now he's with Maple, but when Roger was over at Corridor and like we talked about, he talked about that. Like if you've been to Corridor, oh yeah, everything is yep. fucking right there. Oh you yeah. Know? It's like you could spray a kid. Like anytime, <laughs> it's super unsafe. Even more, even more the way it's set up. I mean, yep. the fermenters are kind of blocking most of the seating, seating. But like, there's that space where it could get a little dangerous. Yeah. So we don't have anything too dangerous that's close to people. But my my big you don't worry, have hundred plus degree water flowing anywhere. <laughs> Not towards. <laughs> it's way. Yeah, yeah, it's way. It's right. way well, my no, big concern is like when I'm set up, uh, yeah. hosing the brew kettle out and I'm like trying to get gunk off. I keep thinking I'm gonna like just get the hose a little too high and uh-huh. just absolutely blast somebody in the face who's sitting right at the bar. <laughs> Whoops! It's gonna happen one day, and I'm just gonna feel absolutely horrible. Well, and Steve's not allowed to use a hose during open hours. Oh, he sprays water everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. He's he's an assassin with the hose. Nice. He's just the worst. He's there's a Steve story almost every day. Yeah, that's great. I'd love to hear some. Okay. <laughs> oh man, Steve, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna blast you out on this one. Right, I so like See, uh, I like where this is going already. We uh, our hot liquor tank is uh, by far and away the biggest pain in the ass of our our brew day. So you know we're heating up 620 gallons yeah. of water for when we brew. And it's not a big deal because our heat exchanger, like to cool the beer, captures that hot water and puts it back in the hot liquor tank. So usually we're like heating up, you know, water from 130 degrees or whatever. So it's not bad. But when we come in in the beginning of a week after we've drained it and cleaned it, like we're starting with 50 degree groundwater that we have to get up to 180 degrees. So we'll just like let it run all day. And the last person to leave, it's their job. Turn off the burner for the hot liquor tank. So poor Steve. Uh, did not turn it off one day and I walked in the next morning to like the Amazon rainforest in our brewery. (laughs) There was water dripping off the ceiling. There was water dripping everywhere. And I, I'm sure I just screamed damn it, Steve, you know, (laughs) as soon as I walked in, but the the cleaning crew for the building had been here maybe 18 hours before. (laughs) Like we had just gotten this place and this was right, Uh, I think between our soft uh, opens. So it actually might've been, no, it was, it was, the night after the industry night before oh, before we had our grand opening yeah. and I was I was gonna lose my mind. God and just to pile on, it was the one time I was not responsible for getting <laughs> off the <laughs> He literally said I got it. Right. And I was like, All right, well I'm gonna leave. All right, I'm out of here. So poor you Steve. You got it though? You got it, Steve? Yeah. Steve, I, I, so I got to talk Steve up now though, so after that. Steve has been in charge of our distribution since then and has just killed it. He's been uh he has been slinging kegs. Oh yeah. Uh, Doing very well. Six kegs so, in his right. in his car the other day. 
Right. As so long as we keep him off the, the, off the, the stop. Yeah. As long as we keep him off the brew house controls, he's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's good. Uh, he's awesome. He's very good. Yeah. Right. So, how many places are you guys in right now? I mean, how we how's the uh, distro been? Well, we got out to Crafted. Uh, which I was excited about. <laughs> it's pretty cool from what I understand. I try not to, I try not to go too hard right. on the positive side for them. <laughs> I just work there. Uh, we just we got out to um, a place that's uh, we were excited to get into Lodi um, yeah, out in Maple Park. Yeah. You know, uh, we were happy to get there. We got out uh, beer cellar. Always, you know, Dave is, is anxious for us. Dave's got another spot opening close to here. Right? Yeah, yeah, Fucking we're excited. A, for that's that awesome, one. isn't it? It's he's the best. We've, we're uh, up in Schaumburg at the new. Um, global brew there they're uh, global brew uh so their owner jasal and sashin um were two really really early supporters for us like cool. uh, sashin owns uh, tuscan sun wine and spirits up in hampshire uh, okay um i live in pingree grove so that's like right around there um so he would let me bring in like samples of our homebrew and stuff when we were doing pilot batches and they always do like a bottle share on on friday so i would always bring our stuff and get like feedback from them so he was one of the guys who said you know as soon as we have beer he wanted it immediately and they buy everything we can send to him so we're we're a little all over the map we're down i don't know if we're in Plainfield yet but we're talking to freedom brothers down yes, there get in there get in um, there they have the fucking best pizza oh, yeah, oh yeah it's so awesome i love the place too yeah uh i think we're at red arrow one of our our yeah. guys who works here um also works there and okay. i think they're we got them a kick at tevatron i want to say mm-hmm. so we're, we're trying to get around a little bit spread yeah. it out a little bit that's yeah. the plan huh yep Steve's plan, other than leaving the burner on, yeah. <laughs> get beer out to the. When people. he's not turning the brew, uh, brewery into a sauna, he oh, yeah. is getting kegs. We do have a name for a beer called Gab Nabbit Steve. Yeah, yeah. Gab Nabbit Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like it. Yep. So what else? What else, guys? Let's 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 get some more good story. I mean, what was it like when you like? What was the the craziest shit before you opened? Like, what was the one that the day that you were like, this might not happen, like, or this, or like, oh gosh. Well, I can. <laughs> think of my first like oh shit moment with brewing uh was <laughs> whoops um we had just put the first batch of silt in our 20 barrel bright tank and i went to hook up the gas line to the carb stone which for anyone who doesn't know is like a gas diffuser that sits in the liquid and bubbles co2 up through the beer to get it carbonated and I plug the gas line in and I'm not feeling like any vibration of any gas going through the line. I'm not hearing any bubbling from inside the tank. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe it's just, that's how it works. Cause again, we're, we're pretty new at this. You oh, know? Yeah. So I let an hour or so go by and the head pressure on the tank's not going up at all. So I'm like, all right, something's wrong here. So I look at this part online and it's got a check valve in it, which a couple other people have complained about not letting gas through. So if anyone knows anything about brewing tanks, if you have a full tank and you have to take a clamp off, beer is going to go everywhere. There's no way to like keep the beer in the tank while you're switching out a carb stone. So uh, Dave's up front and you were... I think I was doing, literally walking back towards the back. As and he just hears me going, Dave, help! <laughs> I had pulled this carb stone out and I forgot to degas the the head pressure in the tank. So it's like I got hit with a fire hose of double IPA. Oh, shit. Right in the, the stomach. He was covered in silk. It was all over the wall. It's all over the ground. Uh, I even got some on me at some point because he, he had to try to get the clamp on when we put it right. back so on. Right. So I'm trying to get the carb hose out so I can take this check valve out uh, while like trying to stick a cap in the hole of this tank. <laughs> 
And it's just, it's sprayed in my nose, it's sprayed in my oh, eyes, and my oh, hair all over the wall. That's got to burn a little bit. Yeah, it oh, sucked. it was not yeah, covered in silt. Right, yeah. covered in silt. So then, of course, you know, we disassembled the thing and took it out, but you got to get it back in. And how do you get it back in? You got to open that thing up you again. Open her up. So we had to do it twice. And it was the worst day I've ever it had It was here. like the end of the day, there was barely anything else to do, and we just got covered in beer from head to time. Right. The drive home was great. If I would have gotten pulled over, I would have been absolutely screwed. <laughs> Extra hot been, matter all over you. Oh, and that stuff too. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah, it was a mess. I'd have been screwed. It'd have oh, been done. Verge. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably our, the biggest uh, blow up. I would say. Yeah, that's the the definitely the worst thing that's gone wrong. Um, other than when I learned real fast, you have to put uh, orange peel for a wit beer in a bag before you stick it in your kettle and clog up your heat exchanger with oh. pieces of orange. Oh, shit. It's a lot of the stuff you learn all as you go. All the little things, right? Yeah, right? All the little things. Well, we're laughing about it now, so that's all right. that matters. That's right. <laughs> that's really all that matters. That's a, it's a fun story down right. the road. What can you say? But uh, prior prior to opening, I don't think there were any too many, like, uh I would just say it was, del- it was delayed, uh, our yeah. opening. Um, not, nothing specific. Well, we had some issues with our stack. For our yeah, the exhaust stacks. Okay, uh, they, they put the wrong stacks in. Yeah, installed and we started melting. Four hundred degrees, <laughs> and I guess it's burning like a thousand or something. Right. So, Eric, Eric was pretty not fun to be Dis- around. During I was that pretty time. distraught that day, to say the least. <laughs> it was kind of. I like thought just... I was brewing beer, and uh, next thing I know, I'm melting our exhaust stacks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. What does that look like? <laughs> a lot of burnt metal. I think there's a piece still out back. Right. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Keep it as a souvenir. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Just a reminder. Never forget. Right. <laughs> so uh, how about uh, water here, man? What's your water like? Are you, you it's, got RO? You no, we, we just Lake use no? St. Charles yeah, City water, wherever that comes from. Yeah. Um, we, we got a water report before we opened, so we know what we're doing like mineral-wise to it to get it to do what we want. Yeah, how do you feel about water? I mean, are you are you one of those guys that's really into it, or are you just kind of like do what you need to do to get it where you want? You There's know? a general profile that I like to go for okay. that's kind of a balance between like accentuating certain aspects of the beer. I, I tend to stick with a pretty similar water profile for most of our stuff, whether it's a, a Pilsner or one of our IPAs or mm-hmm. whatever, but... Um, the water here is super mineral heavy. Um, so it's, it, we could, we can make it do what we want for brewing, but cleaning is a nightmare. Uh, there's like at all times, just a th- probably inch thick mineral buildup in our hot liquor tank of just really? calcium stuck on the bottom of this thing. It's a huge pain in the ass, but for brewing, it's fine. So you're not, uh, are you treating it with like gypsum and calcium chloride? Yeah, we add a little bit of both of those. Our big thing is adding acid to it. We have to add lactic acid to uh, a a pretty good amount of it to our beers just to get the pH where we want it to be. What's a good amount? Like Like a a pint, a pint in a 10 barrel batch, something like that. That helps, that helps move. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm always curious about it. It's just such an interesting topic. You know, like some people are really into I, it. Yeah. Some people I won't like pretend to be an expert on it. Right. A lot of it is way I over my head. I hear a know. lot of that. Um, I know pH enough to. And alkaline and all. Yeah, right. Very Guys who are more knowledgeable about that, if, you know, I hear them talking about it, it's just like another language to me. But People go deep. People yes. Go so deep. So I just know enough to get the beer to taste how I want it to taste. And as long as I can <laughs> get that there, I'm fine. That. Right. It tastes pretty fucking good. <laughs> well, thank you. So is there any other like uh, goofy, you know, 
stories or hiccups that you guys have seen in the in since you've opened now? Like, a, a, what were like some of the kind of the big things when you first opened that you were like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. Like, like for me, even, it was like, using the here, point like, of sale system. Yeah. I really, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you like, work in the bar sometimes? Too? Yeah, here and there. I, yeah. I try and pop up and help out when I'm not busy in the back. Um, and I feel like I'm usually just in the way. You know, I, I'm slow <laughs> back there. Uh, my sentiment. wife also bartends here when uh, when she's able to. And she likes to tell me that I like to take up as much space at the taps as I possibly can. I'm just always in the way. Wide stance. You get but a wide stance to you. Our very first Friday night, we're open to the public. And I'm like going back there trying to pour people beer. And I realized I have no idea how to use the point of sale system. <laughs> and I'm I just, not ringing this up. Right. I just kept being like, Jeremy, ring this up for me. It's on the house. Over, like, Come on, dude. Yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> So, um, uh, what, where, did, where did Jeremy come into the picture? How did because we've established Jeremy is like a dude, who a knows key some member. Dudes. Yeah. He knows he's, some things. He's the dude, I would say. He's the dude. He, uh, in December, November of last year, he sent me a message on Facebook and said, "Hey, man, I don't know if you have a a taproom manager yet, but um, he's like, not that I'm not happy here at Plank because I am, but like he had always wanted to do what he did there for a, a brewery." brewery. Yeah. And, um, we were all kind of up in the air on who exactly was going to do what at that point. And just knowing the experience that he had in running a tap room and the people that he knows in the industry and connections and stuff like that. Um, I, I got like giddy when he sent me that message. I've told him this. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah. I got very giddy when he said that. And I went to the other guys and I'm like, we have to get him on board, you know, cause we were trying to run as lean as we could money wise. And I'm like, we got to figure out a way to get this guy some money, get him on board. Um, and it was probably one of the smartest decisions we've made. Yeah, originally, I was going to be the taproom manager, and I have zero experience with that. How do you feel about that now? I am loving the fact <laughs> that you're there. I mean, I, I tell him all the time. I mean, it, it, it's probably the best thing that's happened to us, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, if Without it, I'm not sure where we would be. But uh, it was it was necessary. and. Now that now that we're where we're at too, it's it's also nice to know we have two people dedicated to brewing and sure. all of the. I wasn't even able to brew really for a while, so I mean he's he's just been huge, right. huge. And having you in the back to help out has, has saved my ass many many times, you know, because there's a lot of things like that's like the biggest difference from home brewing to professional brewing is, you know, you're home brewing, you're sitting around having a couple of beers, watching your beer boil, talking to people, listening to music and stuff like yeah. that, but like. When you do it professionally, you're brewing the beer, and that's almost an afterthought while you're cleaning tanks and getting stuff in kegs, and mm -hmm. uh, like not only cleaning tanks but sanitizing tanks, and you're just juggling all these things at once. It's it's a whole different ball game. So having him in the back uh, has been a lifesaver for sure. That was one uh, one eye opener too for me. Uh, looking at it exactly exactly the topic that you're covering right now, and I hate to you know just keep going back to Sean and, and more, but like I've had a lot of experience with with the, that that group over there, so as when he was with more, it's like he said immediately he knew like okay at first he was like, yeah, I can do this by myself, don't worry about mm -hmm. it you know they opened more started he's like immediately I was like, okay, I can't do this by myself you yeah know? it's like to be able to admit that first of all, and then also you know because a lot of guys were like well, I, I, I got this you know right but then that helped like how important is that to have some, I mean, whatever it is double check you know the bags that you're throwing up for grain yeah. like that just help carry things help grain out whatever whatever it is it's literally like, been two weeks and I would say we have been working a lot and long days and yeah. there's never 
not something to do. Yeah, more thinking, than maybe five minutes. Only one person was doing this before. This is he, that's a terrible. He was he was <laughs> like, for, he was for about two weeks. Right. Yeah, and like, having you back there now has, has been a lifesaver for sure. Because it, like I said, there's it's not just brewing the beer. There's there's a hundred other things, and then you like factor in grain orders on top of that. You know, and that's time consuming, and then all the tax crap paperwork that goes right. with, well you know. when it was just him and i everyone else would be like well why do you need two people to brew yes. like, you know we're used to just sitting around drinking beer like he was saying mm-hmm. home brewing it's like yeah. you guys aren't here you don't you don't know don't like it's so believe me there's a lot so of shit going on to back. understand <laughs> until they see what's uh, happening. slowly not that they, drinking they beer doesn't still happen yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah. Still sample some stuff, things it's quality control that's all jesus you sound like it's a bad thing it's a tough tough life we have here you know but that's why we were able to bring my brother on to take care of some of the stuff. I, I spent an entire week trying to renew our liquor license, like a week after we opened. Spin it back at you. Yeah, it, it's all these little things that nobody thinks about. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's, it's it's always fun to kind of get that instilled in people. I mean, it's like an ed- education thing, I guess. But sure. but you just you know, you would never understand unless you watched it happening or were a part of it happening like uh, the other thing too like the whole basis of of why i started doing the podcast was kind of like these incredible stories of where like wh- why like why why were you doing this like mm-hmm. well you know you you were like you weren't unfulfilled at your other job or you know like where were, where were you at with the you know solving crimes and saving people's lives and uh you know you know what and all <laughs> keeping people out of jail i know. am I loved it. It was a cool job. I'm just like probably one of the most non-confrontational people you'll ever meet. So anytime I had to go interview somebody who like our client beat their friend up or something, I was always just, I hated it. It was like, I loved so the other part of the job. did he hurt you? Right. Like, like, did he hurt ugh. you? But he didn't hurt you that bad, We're right? Sorry. Eh, you're We're okay. So sorry. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I loved it. I loved the office that I worked in. I actually, I met my wife uh, at that job. So like, I, I loved that office. I just, I would get stressed out. Um, I loved beer. It was just, that was, that was my passion. So freak out a little bit internally and like, ah, right. Go tell this guy this. this." Right. Like I have to go make this guy seem like a liar because like our client ran into his car when he was hammered or something, you know, like all these, you know, Testing your integrity at every step. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, that being said, uh, I know this is a beer podcast, so I won't go too far off the rails here. I was very passionate about like the whole, you know, constitutional aspect everyone deserves fair representation and, and all that. But I just felt like uh, my particular skill set um, would be better suited elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just always wonder what the, the driving motivation, like, I mean, where now when you guys are a month and a half into actually being open and years into the actual process of, of being here, like, how have you seen the change in your own lives even, you know, just your days, your hours, your, your mindset all the time. Like long days, long days, days. a lot happier. It's harder work, but harder work probably like more physical demanding things. But, but the satisfaction, I feel like, I mean, is that true or I, uh, speaking for me personally, have not woken up one day since we've been doing this and thought I don't want to go to work. Like Like that has, that has not happened yet. I've woke up and said, I wish I could sleep another half hour. Sure. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I do want to get there. Right. <laughs> so no matter what, uh, it's it's awesome. I love doing it. Love Dif- making beer. Different level of excitement coming into work yes. than yes. any previous. Right. Well, and for me, too, I, everyone else seems to have a wife or girlfriend, kids. Dog. I have none of that. You have FIFA. I have you FIFA. Have FIFA. <laughs> I have FIFA and I have beer, and that's all I need right now. That's, that's not bad. 
Tell me more about FIFA. What are we doing? Are we <laughs> PS4? Like, uh, are, are I'm, on, I'm on Xbox. Xbox. Guy? I'm a okay. Tottenham guy too. So it's it's actually a good time for us finally. It's big soccer guy. Okay. Big soccer guy. All right. You know, I had uh, I had Fred Hubner from ESPN 1000 on the podcast uh, last year. And uh, he's a beer guy. He loves beer. But but I'm a big 1,000 listener. So I'd, I'd, I was like, man, I wonder if he'd do the show. And I reached out to him and he did it. And he tried to talk to me about soccer on it. And I was like, I have nothing. I, I understand nothing. I'm in the minority. <laughs> I've got absolutely one. nothing to contribute to a soccer conversation. I was losing my mind in this tap room on yeah. it was Wednesday when yeah. Tottenham was playing for the Champions League. There's nothing more entertaining than watching people that love soccer oh. watch soccer. <laughs> I, I, I. I was a mess. Soccer oh, fans wow. are very passionate. It's very it's emotional. Understatement. I mean, I am a sports fan. Don't get me wrong. Big, big sports fan. But man, to watch soccer fans watch a sport like that, you're like, whoa, these dudes are next level. Like, I, well, well, especially yeah, yeah, U.S. soccer fans too. Like you're waking up at seven or eight in yes. the morning to watch that dude. That That's dedication. That. Yeah. It's See my buddy's post at like four o'clock in the morning with like the scores on his Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why, well, who's playing right now? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Tottenham, right? That's what you said, Tottenham. Tottenham Hotspurs, dude. F- Come on, FIFA? you Spurs. FIFA is <laughs> FIFA's a legit game, though. Like people, oh yeah, yeah. Even people that don't care about soccer love that game. That's fun. Oh, it's a great game. That's fun. It's like Madden and FIFA, right? Yep. Like, like, what's better in this, on the sports realm than those two? It's pretty much all you need. Yeah, it's insane. Maybe a couple beers, some sure. shots. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, if you're looking. <laughs> There if, you you're in, if you're into FIFA Play some and FIFA beer, Dave. FIFA and suds and cooking beer. Yeah, there you go. Dave <laughs> at at Dave Pimpin. Oh jeez, <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> so what else? You guys want to cover anything else? You want to call it a day? Like what? Uh, what what's coming up? Like what's 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 on the horizons for? Uh, releases any anything like events what are you guys doing in, in the tap room this is where we so, need jeremy see uh, yeah he would he would be helpful here now we're uh we're gonna be at bear under glass for you know the part of the craft brew week we're really really excited for that uh it's cool this will be the first festival that we've poured at i think since we've been like an actual brewery oh yeah it's now. a good one it's a good one to start with yeah i'll so, see you guys there I'll yeah we're really you. excited for that one um, yet, bug. we got the saint charles one in june too yeah the tri-city brew fest and I, that was the first festival we poured at, I think, last year. And we I were think it's called Tri City Brewfest. Yeah, we poured at that as as homebrewers, and the organizer wants us to be pretty involved in it. So we're kind of waiting for, you know, a little guidance on what he wants us to do. But we're we're really really excited to be more involved in the home fest. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah, can releases. We want to try yeah. and get it to be a. We want to try and get it to be at least a monthly thing. Okay. Where we're gonna do. Probably twenty barrels of beer, so that's like yeah. What's that come out to two hundred some cases yeah. of beer, I think, or something like that of, of cans. That's, that's it. No. <laughs> yeah, no we want to. Well, like I think we were talking about before. All right, we want more tanks that I can dedicate just to canning. Yep. So, yeah. So that's what the kids want. Right. So we all want cans, so, cans, cans. Bring them on. Yeah. We're uh, we're still kind of up in the air, like how much we're gonna try and sell here versus how much we're mm-hmm. gonna get out into distribution. But there, there's definitely gonna be some out in distribution as soon as we get that going. So I'm hoping, if not this week, next week we'll get the first two beers, which will be Pride of the Fox, our Pale Ale, and uh, Tamaki or Tamaki. As I, was, I was corrected <laughs> to. Tamaki. I'm all yes. over the place, man. Uh, so well, those trying. are the first two cans out. That's awesome. Those would be the first cans. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I didn't even I didn't even follow that story very well, apparently. That's what you were talking about. Those would be <laughs> that are a bad storyteller. It could be true. No, no, I don't, I don't think that's it. <laughs> uh, so uh, real quick, just for my fun uh, and looking at the board, like the names, are they just coming from anywhere? 
or like you know some places um, try to like stick with like semi theme you know we're a little bit of both so when we can think of something that makes sure. sense like rivery or saint charlesy <laughs> rivery river hashtag rivery right uh, i see that hashtag flowing Hashtag right. rivery. There's only so many dumb river things that we can do, though. Yeah, so we're running we, out real yeah, quick. Yeah, we, uh, it's like Flood our. Floodwaters. Uh, <laughs> right. So that one, there actually is a story behind that one. The yellow kayak. Um, Floodwaters was, uh, that was one of the first homebrew recipes that I did, was uh, an amber ale. And it was at my brother's house, like I said, where I would uh, frequently ruin their stove. But um, shout out to Kevin and Steph here, letting me use their house. Their basement flooded. And like destroyed their basement. I'm sure it was probably hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of damage. But the one thing I cared about was my bucket of amber ale safe. Please tell right. me. Right. Tell me the floodwaters did not get it. It actually my amber acted ale. as a temperature control. Right. <laughs> like screw your guys, you know, basement floor and belongings. Is my beer okay? That's all I cared about. And thankfully it was. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> that that kind of became the uh, beginning of that beer. Um, yellow kayak. Just Pilsner. Yeah, yellow. And that's nice Just yellow pills. But other than that, yeah, like other stuff will just be like that's a particle collider in Batavia. I think at Fermi was it at Fermi Lab? For, I think it was at Fermi Lab. We need Jason here. He's a resident science nerd okay. for this one. Um I believe it's a particle collider. Yes. Yeah, push your glasses up, yeah. <laughs> um other things, it's just I'll be randomly thinking of something in my car. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. We'll name a beer that. You guys, uh, you guys looking into or excited about or care about doing milkshakes? Because I noticed I haven't seen. I mean, we talked a little bit about your failed experiment inside the keg, but I'm, I'm hit and miss with them. Um, I've had like blazed orange milkshake from Hot Butcher to me is like a perfect version of yeah. that beer, and I really dig you know the marbles from Moore yeah. and stuff like that. Tired hands, obviously. It's a right. You know, they kind of pioneered it almost. I guess right. But. And I was really excited to brew one, and like when I was just homebrewing. Um, but I'm not. The, the the other thing too, like Acid Rainbow, our fruited sours, um, kind of cover that same sort of thing. Like we put vanilla in it, we put fruit in it. It's almost like a milkshake sour. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I don't want to like overdo those flavors uh, and do like a milkshake IPA in addition to a milkshake sour because. Um, and I just feel like enough other people have done a milkshake IPA, but you don't see a whole lot of sours with lactose, vanilla, and like a shit ton of fruit. I mean, there's some out there, but not like a ton of them yet. Yeah. I feel like I maybe Southern we're... Southern does some pretty killer ones oh, yeah. in that yeah. same kind of vein. Right. Also, Penrose that, that just did Overfruit, which was really good. I don't know if you have that. But no, that was, I have not. I, was I didn't tasty. even know that exists. It's, it's I, pretty good. I want to try that. Yeah, right. it was good. But we kind of thought like if we're going to do something like a milkshake, maybe let's try it in a kettle sour and see how that goes. Yeah. Just to kind of stand apart a little bit more. Okay. That being said, unwarranted opinion or unsolicited opinion, you should do a milkshake. Just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sure it will happen. I'd uh, really like to later. see what one of these base IPAs comes out with some vanilla and some uh, yeah. whatever. Whatever you want to do. Sure. Like go double double vanilla. Whatever you want to do. Go ahead. That sounds good. Add some fruit. I mean, I just just want to try. That's all. That's all. I have a feeling you probably won't have to wait too long. Okay. We don't have anything in the tanks right. or anything that's yet, right. but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it like happens. like if you had to pick one of your IPA recipes that's that's been in the tab. Like, which one would you give that treatment to? Like, which one do you think has got the best build for to rock that? I've always well. So this is one thing I've always wondered. But the style is like, how much do the hops really come through? So if you're gonna fruit the, the hell good out ones, of, they do. I mean, yeah. the good ones I feel like do right. 
I just wonder, like, if you're going to fruit the hell out of it and you're going to put a bunch of vanilla in it, do you, like, do you really want to waste your galaxy hops that are going to get kind of like lost in the shuffle? I think that's a good way to go. Stuff? I think that's a good way to go. Is, is don't use like your galaxies, right. your rare ones, your sure. Hard, your I think like Citro Mosaic, uh, right? No. Citro Mosaic yes. would probably be. I think like Murky Waters would probably be a good one that we could uh, kind of give that treatment to. And I've had some ones with Simcoe in it that I didn't love. Uh, that like piney reason, resin yeah, that that know. hop can get would probably get in the way. I think that's what people know. I don't <laughs> some get that. People, no, I know people, people do get do. that, but I, I don't get that. Off Simcoe. I've heard I like about Simcoe. that about, yeah, Simcoe and Citroen. I've mm. never gotten either one of those yeah. things from those hops. Maybe like one beer I've had tasted. I'm like, okay, maybe that's what they're talking about. But like, if that's what cat part, piss is, then yeah. sign me up, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right? It's delicious. <laughs> so. Sniffing all the cat pee tonight. Cheesing his brains out already. Can't go cheesing, man. Ah, good <laughs> South Park reference. There. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. I just want. I'm just wondering where you stand. I always. Yeah. I'm always curious. As you know, some people have a very drawn line in the sand with the milkshake and some. No, I'm. Like, I'm not like it. super Let's anti play. it or anything yeah. like that. Um, I did. I went. The other part is too. I just. I wanted to get our base New England like dialed in to yeah. be a hundred percent where I wanted it before I start throwing yeah. a bunch of other shit crawl, in there. Crawl before you walk. Right. I mean, you know, you're not ready yet. You're yeah. not ready. You can't right. just say like, "This is perfect. Let's go." You know. Say so it, it's a fun style to play with some hops too, though. Like yeah. you said, might might I don't want to say hide, but you know, it might uh, give you some leeway to play around. But like, nope, nobody knew the f- what the fuck a strat hop was. I feel right. like until Blazed Orange Milkshake test came the out. waters a like, little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's playing with Citra. You know, yeah. it's like it's something that's tried and true sitting there. You know, in that style. So that's yeah, it's, it's something I'm always interested to see how people feel about it and where they they want to try it or if they you know they even like consuming them. A lot of people mm-hmm. say like it's too much, too heavy. You know, I, I look at it the same way I would look at like a pastry stout. Um, I don't necessarily want 16 ounces of it. Yeah, um, but like a five or 10 ounce pour, sure, sure, you know, sign me up. And there's, there's, and I'll go, you know, on saying right now that like, there's no style that I'm against brewing or anything like that. That's half the fun is putting your own spin on a, a style of beer. There's nothing that like, I'll say, we'll never do that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if people want it and I can get behind our version of it, then I'm in. It's a great stance to take. And how upset does Jeremy and the staff get when they have to clean glasses that look like they're not usually (laughs) what does that sink water look like for another steve move the non-visual for the non-visual medium here uh joe is holding a glass of our next batch of acid rainbow and it is just covered in fruit pulp um we usually crash some of that out um it'll still be pretty usually usually some of these are all terms that (laughs) i'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> just keep it. Just keep it the way it was. Yeah. Just taste it good. That being uh, said, our tricent gets to work out when we're uh, we're cleaning those I'm glasses. Sure, up. it does. So, uh, what's what? What? Give them the uh, build uh, fruit build of the first one that was on tap. The first acid rainbows and what's going to be on the next one? Sure. So we have uh, acid rainbow buried in berries was the first one we did, mm-hmm. and that was uh, strawberry, uh, blueberry, and raspberry. So raspberry was kind of like the star of the show, and the other two were, you know, a little less. This one's black currant. Uh, so the the one that's going to be on tap in a week is is acid rainbow blackout. So that's <laughs> oh yes, acid rainbow blackout. <laughs> uh, so that's black currant, blackberry, and tart cherry. Yeah. Which I think is probably of the five or so that we've kind of test batched. That one's probably my favorite. That black currant man. It's black currant's so that. good. Marice, be like, is that black currant? Currant. <laughs> It's, it's another it. one of those words, we like Motueka or Futer or whatever black <laughs> how currants. Do you, how how do you, do you say do you want to say a right. sound when you say it? That's the real, 
These are actually Karats. Right. Are, uh, yeah. Do you sip your glass with your pinky finger up in the air, you know? Look at the logo of my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Cartoon Joe with a pinky up. Perfect. Pinky up on a snifter. <laughs> Man, can't beat that. Yeah, I mean, what what else? Anything you want to cover? Anything else? You don't have any like big things coming up? Food trucks, events, yoga, anything. Like, so we like we always try and get food trucks in Friday and Saturday as much as we can. But we just kind of like just started doing some other things. You know, only being open you know a little over a month, we haven't put too many things into practice yet to like. I guess do anything outside the ordinary. We've got work from home Wednesdays, as we like to say. Ah, my favorite thing yeah. brewing. It's beer. great. Yep. Working so from tap rooms. Yep. So every long time. every Wednesday you come in. I think what is it a dollar off of every full I, pour? I, so. I want to say this is when Jeremy would have helped. Jeremy, we've, we've damn some, you! We've got some discounts. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. some, some discounts. Um, Check the social media. I'm right. sure it's on it's there. always yeah. on there. I know we do like a, a game night. I think every other Thursday or once a month on Thursdays where uh, a guy comes in, brings a bunch of board games and tabletop games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. People leave divorced. Yes. The Monopoly never ends. Yep, that's right. right. It was actually perfect last time. It was raining outside, so everyone hung around, played all sorts of games. Awesome. I didn't want to walk outside, so I hung around yeah, sure. for the full day. We've got a bingo set back there somewhere, and it's just waiting <laughs> to get used. I don't know. That's um, awesome. I, one, thing I, one thing I'll mention is that we do have nitro cold brew coffee hopefully oh, yeah. on the way. Oh, on the way. Uh, yes. Well, where we are. We, oh, this is, uh, where are you obtaining this from? This is so your I have buddy? a buddy, uh, Brian Casas of Casas Coffee out of Batavia. That is it Ca- Casas? Casas. How do you spell it? Say. C-A-S-A-S. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I always say Casas. Like, so I've been saying Casas. Con- I, I can't know. pronounce like houses anything, in Spanish. I call, I call, <laughs> Casas? I call him Brian. Casas? <laughs> yeah. Um, Awesome guy. He roasts his own beans. Uh, he's been doing all the coffee for our beer and supplying us to ha- make sure we have caffeine to make the beer for you right, guys. Dude, how about it? You have to. Yes. Yeah. Who so doesn't, like, is there any brewers that don't drink coffee? Man, I oh, drink man. Coffee. I don't know how they survive. I drink it until I start shaking. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when I know I'm good. That's right. when I know I'm dialed I'm in. I'm ready to brew. <laughs> but uh, we are we're finalizing those details. He's finally an LLC official, all that. Yeah, he's so got set up, set up in the back of the brewery there, roast everything, grind everything. We're very, there. very, very like excited about that. Super all the, fresh. All the cold smells. Yeah. All the smells. Right. So, so we're going to have that on uh, on Nitro, hopefully pretty soon. Might have a way to have some hot coffee available too, but yeah. j- just excited about the whole process in general. Sure. And we're, we're yeah. getting close. Dude, coffee and beer just—they just go together. Whether it be like a stout and you want to mix together, or just like if you love beer, you usually love coffee too. Sure, Mm -hmm. I know I do. I know I do. Yeah, that's that's a great thing to offer. I mean, obviously your beer is the most important. I mean, I I got a kick out of the story you told me when you you know when I walked in about the, uh, you know, you have other things. You you guys don't just have your beer. You have a few guest taps as well. And I don't know what was it. A friend or a wife, somebody's wife or something, that was, <laughs> yeah. or a neighbor or something. Uh, so she's like, "You got to try that cosmic fire." Right. First thing she says to people is, "Try the hot butcher." Like, oh god, <laughs> damn it! I can't. Damn you, her. Justin! Damn, you're uh, so good. Make some damn good stuff, man. Oh, I was just here on uh, Easter weekend, and that was the first thing I walked in. I'm like, I really want that hot butcher. That's good stuff. Yeah, right. You drink my beer anytime. Well, yeah, just it's funny. Like, how how do you balance that? Like, you know, because I'm sure some people would be like, let's get some shitty beers from other places on, and right. you know, and sell the, you know, the, that way our beer is, the, you know, the fact that you guys are willing to put on one of the hottest beers in Chicago lets me right. know that you're first of all confident in your own product and also supportive of the industry. And for sure, know, yeah, like it we, makes sense. All rising tides, you know, exactly. They, all ships. Yep. We like, you know, a lot of time when we're getting our guest taps in, we'll try and fill a hole in our lineup, you know, um, 
we just had a, we love off color. Um, their sales rep, uh, Andy is, uh, my oldest brother's like best friend and he's known Jeremy for a long time too. So like we're close with them and we would, you know, we were really excited to get something from them, uh, on tap. So we had troublesome, their Gosa yeah. and one of their wild beers. So like, you know, cause we don't have any wild ales here. So we wanted to have stuff like that. But yeah, you know, sometimes we just like, we just want to get a kick-ass beer in here. Yeah. You know, we had, uh, Anytime Salomo's most important. In there, oh yeah. yeah. We had Salamos, most important beverage of the day, side by side with our coffee stout first catch. It's just because we loved Salamos, most important like, beverage of the day. It, why not? Right. You know, so it's just was what it we want to drink too. Was it know? the Mars stout too that we had recently? I think it just kicked on Saturday. Yeah, I was going to say, that was just on you. We had Which the Mars, that? That the banana the, one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, oh, the, uh, the banana stand. The rest of development yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. reference. That was perfect time. Right. Always, always money in the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. So like we'll try and compliment our lineup, but it's like we just want to get in here what we want to drink too. Whether yeah. it's the same style we make or not, we just we love hot butcher beer. So I didn't care what they gave us as long as they gave us something. Yeah, why not? Jude, give us some six dolls, whatever yeah. you got. Yeah, we'll whatever you it. have. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you guys, first of all, for doing this. Sure. I know you have other shit to do. It's Monday morning. We're hanging out, drinking beer all of a sudden, uh, and you're sitting here talking in front of microphones. So I appreciate you guys sitting down and taking the time to do it. Uh, I mean, really, I... I I don't say a lot of bad things about anybody that's been on the podcast, <laughs> but honestly, like you guys really have stuck out to me and I just have overly been loving you guys hard, uh, Riverlands, everything from the, the, the place itself to the beer, the logo, the, the people that the, the whole experience of being here for the soft opening was perfect. Uh, about a month and a half ago, whatever it was. Uh, so you guys are really, I mean, I expect huge, huge things and more, more and more people are going to see you and more and more people are going to start making the journey from farther and farther out to come see you guys. So, well, thanks man. I appreciate um, it. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. I don't think it'll be the last time. Hopefully I'm still doing the show in a couple of years and you, you know, I'm sure you guys will be on again at some point. Sure. Yeah. Anytime. Getting new news and different things, you know, and plus I like to put together like some round tables and things. Maybe you want to sit in on like a yeah, ha- hazy IPA discussion and grab a couple people, you know, and, and sit sure. down and talk. So I, I love what you guys are doing. I love the space and looking forward to trying more and more stuff from you guys. So is there anything you want to add before we, we run out of here? Man. Um, yeah, this just popped in my head too. Like I just want yeah. to throw a quick shout out to our bartenders, our staff here. Uh, the month or so that we've been open, uh, they are just killing it. Um, you know, Riley, Amber, Nick, and uh, and Matt are just awesome. Oh, and Alyssa, my wife, she helps out here too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? They're they're uh, they're awesome. They're all just totally kick ass behind the bar, and we couldn't be happier the way they're all busting their ass for us. Who's running like the social media and stuff? Who's, Jeremy. Who's posting? So Jeremy's it was me, and it King would King usually King. be like I'd be half in the bag and just be like, oh, I should post something on <laughs> social media. And God damn, that always worked out. Yeah, I'd say Jeremy's doing most yeah, of this one. He's definitely a. Uh, Help me out with that. So Take yeah, that so I mean, most plate. most anything that people are going to need to know or want to know is going to be on those platforms, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, know. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all on those, and mm-hmm. and Jeremy is religious about updating those. So like, yeah. anytime anything's going on, it's going to be on there for sure. Yeah, I'm sure he he has a reputation of being awesome, as far as I've been told. So yep. guessing that stuff's all up there, so everybody can go check that out and and know what's going on because you know people love to come for things. You know, mm-hmm. whether right. it, I mean, your beer is going to be great and it's going to drive people here, but you're going to drive a couple more people if there's something attached to it. Like you know, the day you start selling cold brew coffee, like there's exactly. you know, people yep. are going to come in for that and then stay for some beers and whatever that is. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's 
been a great experience getting to know you guys right off the bat. And Eric, you've been kind since the day I walked in here for that opening. And you said you had listened to the show even before. Sure, yeah, regular so listener. I was like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good for me because I'm asking people around here that I knew, like Sean. And I'm like, hey, could you introduce me to the brewer? <laughs> like, oh, he's back there talking to you know people, and you came out and I said hi, and you're like, oh, I've listened to the show. I'm like, yes, it was awesome. You know, it's good. To, it's good to have already established that. Right. So yeah, um, shout out to the bartenders and whatnot. So thank you guys again, and we have empty glasses, but I'll raise a toast to you anyway and say cheers. Cheers. <laughs> See you guys. There's a, a yeah, drop left. Yeah, some stuff in there. I'll drain <laughs> it. I don't care. All right, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>